Welcome to Awards Radar, the podcast, a weekly discussion of the awards races, Hollywood news, and the films you should have on your radar. Here's your host, Joey Magidson. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Awards Radar podcast, where our uh, off-the-mic countdown was supposed to be inside Lewin Davis, suggested by Ryan, but he fucked it up. No, no one wanted to... Answer for yourself. No one wanted to do it with me. And hello, Ten, everyone. Wow. Nine, nine, eight, <laughs> seven, six, five, Wait, no. four. Yeah, no, it's, it's three, me. two, one. This is second, why we didn't please. Do it. Yeah, see, <laughs> see how it is. See how none of you are coordinated. Please, Mister Awards Radar. Um, uh oh, I'll save this. I had a brief brain fart where I forgot the countdown from ten to one, so I can't defend myself here. Outer, right? Outer space. Hello, everyone. It's the only it's the only voice Ryan's allowed to do on mic. Exactly, out of all my voices. Yeah. No, I I do uh, a lot of other voices. I just haven't. Shown no, no. Them. Some are only only some are problematic in like a societal way. Some are just bad. They're problematic. There you go. <laughs> and Mitch, please, Mister Kennedy. Uh oh. <laughs> This, I'm actually this is now. Now I'm sad Steve's not here because he would have just killed it. It would have been funny. Yeah, and you've just been like, "Hello, Steve is." Uh, Steve is he's on not, assignment. He's not here to rein us in this week. No, he yeah. is on assignment. Though you will be hearing him later on in the episode because he and I will have short, uh, thoughts to share on uh, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. So the latest experiment from Disney Studios. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't a great choice of words, but you know that's what they. Um, hey, those are their words, not my words. I know it was not their. It I think was not a great choice of words, uh, reflected by their star, who was like, oh, uh, yeah. It's like, oh boy, I don't think you're going to be the new Captain America at this point. You know, I, I do kind of admire him though because he clearly doesn't give a fuck. Like he'll just say whatever. Oh he wants yeah, to say no, I think it's just be damned, and I got to respect that. I think yeah, he's like, if the movie doesn't make money, it doesn't matter. If it makes money, I've got a franchise. You're not taking away from me. We're fine. Well, I think I think that they're invested in the franchise, and they're you know, I, I'm. But yeah. I also think it's terrible optics. Like during the no. variant and everything, it's like, come on. Don't use this as the experiment. And and if anyone knows variants, it's Marvel. And technically, I saw the box. I've been looking at the box office uh, recently. Evidently, Disney Cruise did is up to now a hundred million dollars. I think. Okay, oh, yeah, you called it Disney Cruise. Not you're not wrong. <laughs> Disney. That's what it is. It's Disney Cruise, Jungle Cruise. I meant, but like it's slowly trickling in money. Every and they're not week. that concerned about money. Listen, they're yeah. just gonna they're gonna make all their money off the Star Wars hotel. And uh, God. just keep financing movies. Jesus Christ! I mean, that's like that's like. If you, you might guys well live there, for God's sake. I mean, if you guys ever uh, hear that I embezzled money from the website, it's to go stay there. Yeah. Actually, I guess it's not embezzlement. I just own the site. It's just keeping it. Yeah. Um, well, I don't put that. But on yeah, no, taxes. I would. I would go to that hotel. That yeah, cruise to nowhere. I don't. I don't know. That's a, that. I got a bad I, feeling I, about I, that. I built the two hundred dollar lightsaber, and I cried when I did it. Man. I really want to do that. It's so good. God damn it. It's so good. Stupid uh, Florida and stupid California with their damn governors and stuff. I yeah, live Miles. in Florida and I haven't had a chance to go because it's so damn expensive, but I want to. It's expensive yeah, and also your governor's killing everyone just like In mine. your in your frequent conversations with Ron DeSantis, can't you uh can't you fix this? I don't like this. I don't like this at all. I've never <laughs> had a conversation with Ron DeSantis. He's the worst. Death Santis, is that what you called him? That's what we call him. Ron Death I, Santa is what I call him. It's I, like love, I love that you're going to kill us all by Christmas. Of, 
get out of the red state is to move to a purple state. It's not really changing that much. No. It's it's changing a shade. Shade. Also, poor choice. It's also not the... Whoa, yeah. Come on, Miles. Come on, Miles. No. All right. Let's do... We got two questions. So let's start off with... I know we always do Ryan's first, but he'll he'll be here. So uh, we have one from Brian H., who often uh, comments on the top 25 lists I do. Um, So on one of them, he asked... He said, I don't usually ask questions for the podcast, so now he's a liar. Uh, but I'd love to hear what your all's opinions are on the top five Robert Zemeckis directed films and hear him discussed a bit. It's tough. He says, I'll go with Back to the Future, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Death Becomes Her, Castaway, and Flight. Right after that, Forrest Gump contact Back to, Back to the Future 2. So, sure, we can do that. Bob Zemeckis. Um, yeah, a guy who... Uh, a guy that was to- that Steven Spielberg, the year that Pulp Fiction was up against Forrest Gump. Steven Spielberg told Quentin Tarantino on the record, don't worry about it, kid. It's Bob's year. Which he wasn't wrong. Which he was not wrong. I mean, he was wrong. I mean, that shouldn't have been Bob's year. Bob shouldn't have I mean, a year. It, well, one, it, one, it was. Shouldn't two, be isn't the same as was. I mean, the, I love the fact that it's like, oh, this is Bob's year, and it took until 2006 or 2000, whatever it was, for it to be Marty's year. Yeah, okay. Idiot. I mean, he wasn't nominated that year. No, I'm just saying. Like, it took how many years for the great director? Now, anyway. Listen, um, I, think, I think Robert Zemeckis was a great director. Listen, Robert Zemeckis' greatest films, The Witches, Welcome to Morrowind, <laughs> uh, A Christmas Carol, Beowulf, and The Polar Express. All right, let's move on. Uh, other other thoughts would be uh, <laughs> that he used to be very good. Actually, the funny part is if you look at what he made prior to Back to the Future, they were well, romancing romancing the stone isn't a small movie, but it's you know used cars feels, is great. Used I think cars. I like I like I want to hold your hand and used cars. They're both. They're both whoa, 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 what do you want to do with my hand? Not not yours. Okay, that's what I thought. Uh, but yeah, no. Um, love Back to the Future. Here, we'll just go through. I want to hold your hand. Used cars. Indie by by his by his standards. metrics, yeah. Um, Romancing the Stone, super fun. Even Back to the Future, which is his love next Back to the Future, is, one of my first is, movies. It does have an indie vibe to it for such a high concept. Yep. Who given where the Rabbit? given where the sequels go, I love the sequels, but yeah, the first one is the best. Um, but yeah, this is this is a this run, considering how bad he gets. <laughs> All right. It's almost like uh, like Rob Reiner. Like exactly. Rob Reiner so had, like, a, of, yeah. had a yeah, wonderful they're, they're, run, and now he's never going to make a new, uh, good movie again. Well, they get well. Rob Reiner didn't really get tripped up on anything. I think he just got bored. Like I, yeah, I, fully I just think that he, he stopped working with a good screenwriter. You know, for the most part, and I think he just became like, okay, I, this is what I do to make money when I need to make a movie. It's fun to make it, and other than that, I'm enjoying being a, an older gentleman. Mm. And whatever, God bless. Uh, but they're not fun to watch anymore, and they used to be really fun movies to watch or Oscar-y prestige movies. Like he, like he didn't forget how to direct. I think he just doesn't try as hard anymore. And Zemeckis, I think, got caught up in technology and forgot about like the people involved. Because yeah, like Ang Lee. Ang Lee is a similar example. But here, from two thousand four to today, Robert Zemeckis has made The Polar Express, Beowulf, A Christmas Carol, Flight, The Walk. Allied, Welcome to Morrowind, The Witches, and Pinocchio. None of those are good movies. I, I like li- one of them. I like, I like Allied. I like Flight a lot. Oh. I think Flight is fine. It's very probable. I think Allied is fair. I, I don't I, like Flight. 
I do like the walk. I like though. Denzel, but I don't like Flight. I yeah. like the first scene in Flight. I like everything up until everything bringing to the plane crash. Then it's terrible. Allied and his Allied. I can't get over like the the way they say the dialogue. Like the well, story and everything is an interesting premise, but like the way they deliver the dialogue, or Zemeckis asked them to deliver the dialogue, it's so soapy, and yes. it's so unlike Brad Pitt. It's very melodrama. It's so well, they're trying bad. to go for like that old school, like Casablanca kind of vibe. Yeah. But it doesn't feel natural coming out of the modern actors' mouths. No, it doesn't. Especially kind of like um, that Cotter. Soderbergh movie, the the Good German. The good German. I was yeah. literally just thinking. Yeah, about I like that. the Good German though. Good German I, I like it. I like it too. But it is kind of a similar thing where it's like they're trying to like do a throwback to the extent of like yeah. basically trying to replicate it, and it just feels kind of off. Yeah, it's like yeah. Although it, I think Soderbergh, I think he committed a lot more to that. Yeah, he's like, sure, let's have the sure, black yeah. and white. Let's, it's just yeah. dialogue, and that's it. Yeah, for sure. exactly. Well, here's the thing: these are at best you're talking about flawed but interesting movies. I think Flight, The Walk, and Allied are interesting. I think they all have a Allied doesn't really have a scene that that like does it for me. I think right. the plane crash and Flight and the Walk and the Walk both are impressive, so, even if the movies don't work. And I will say. I mean, I Man on Wire is just a better film. Well, yeah, that's, it's a great but that's not his fault. Yeah, That's not his fault that the documentary is better. Well, I mean, uh, it is his fault. He just could have watched the documentary and said, I don't need to make this project. Eh, but I, 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 the, the nature of filmmaking. And then I don't have to hear Joseph Gordon-Levitt's uh, French accent. <laughs> he was fine. It wasn't amazing. He was fine. When I, I, like appreciate to walk, it. I like to walk across the wires, across but the buildings. Having, all right, stop. Can we yeah, all just agree that Welcome to Marwin is a fucking train wreck? Yes, it's it's bizarre and and not bizarre. In a oh, good did way. they not welcome you properly tomorrow? One? Oh no, they did. It was just troubling. Um, well, that's, but no, that's having seen sad. the walk in in IMAX, Ooh. that that should give me vertigo, and that was pretty cool. That wait. But, Oh, the walk in IMAX. I thought you said yeah. welcome to Marwin in IMAX. And I was going to say, why <laughs> is that possible. movie ever presented in IMAX? It's very possible it was. But for, so, okay, so for all the money wasted and people left indifferent to those one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, so, and coming up Pinocchio, oh my soon God. to be nine movies. Well, you never know. I mean, it is I mean, working whatever. with it is nah, working it's with. Be, it's a Disney remake and a modern day Zemeckis film. It has no chance with Hanks though. Hanks is not enough to save a movie like Hanks. That. Joseph Gordon Hanks, is, a, Hanks, Hanks is not enough to save the Polar Express. Nah, that's fair. I, yeah, let, let's call that one a question mark at best. But for how rough that group is, his, the first leg of his career is I want to hold your hand, use cars, romancing the stone, back to the and then especially romancing the stone, back to the future, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, back to Future Two, back to Future Three, Death Becomes or Forrest Gump, Contact, What Lies Beneath, Castaway. Mm. That is a hell of a run. No, yeah, when I, I mean there, there's a couple hiccups in the road. <laughs> I mean, I like the Back to Future sequels. I know they're not as good as the first one. I like, I like actually. Uh, Back to Future Part Two is my uh, my favorite, actually, to be honest. I, I used two was my favorite as a kid. One isn't my favorite now, but I have grown to appreciate three a lot more. Yeah, three's three three used to be the one that I was like, eh, it's the old west. I like, I like some parts of it now. I'm just like, I love that. It manages to be just callbacks to the first two movies, yeah. and I hate Forrest Gump. I, I, I mean, yeah. I go back and forth a lot on it. It's yeah. super watchable, but it's just it's fine. It's uh, it's so your dad's movie and just not yeah. my thing. I mean, I'm turning into an old man. So oh, like, I mean, I get it. Yeah, like your favorite. You know. It's you know what it is. It's a it's a it's Green Book. 
but yeah, yes, <laughs> yeah, it's a slightly, like, here's the thing. slightly less problematic green book. Yeah, well, I mean, Forrest well, Gump I mean, is named after the the one of the founders of the Ku Klux Klan. Well, they're being a little tongue in cheek. They're trying. Yeah, to be, let's be tongue in cheek with the Ku Klux Klan. You know? <laughs> I mean, well, Tarantino Spike pulled Lee. it off. Yeah, Spike Lee and Tar- Quinn Tarantino certainly. Yeah, were. that's. But that movie is not trying to like let's play the hits, the greatest no, hits. I mean, but that's the of thing. history is, uh, no. for America. Like that's he's literally making fun of them. Yeah. Like, well, well know, the reason I, I say it's Green Book is before the the Oscar buzz, Green Book was like, eh, it's a movie your dad's gonna love. It's it's fine. It's, it's a crowd pleasant. pleaser. It's, yeah, like I, I, I quite liked it when I saw it. Well, well, recognizing like, oh God, this is this is made for an old man, and I liked it. Oh God! And then as you start to see it do better than other things, you go, oh well, it's also appealing to kind of the lesser yeah. in in the cinematic world. Not in like lesser because you're a lesser person, but you you want your entertainment to be easier. Yeah, and and that was Forrest Gump. It was. Easy. It's much more digestible than perhaps it's much more entertaining. I mean, if, I mean, if you look at that, well, if you look at that that lineup, not to not to dovetail, but like Four Weddings and a Funeral was never going to win, but was also light. Should have won. And I fun. Love that movie. It's a great movie. It's not not going to win. Quiz Show was never going to win. Won. It was also a little clinical. You're going to and, and just not their type of movie. Um, Shawshank, my favorite movie of all should've, time. Should have won. Uh, agreed. Also. <laughs> Kind of goes down easy, but but is... also it wasn't a big hit at the time, and it no, sort of it squeaked wasn't a big in. Hit. Yeah, it's, it, it its reputation movie... has carried it on to be the film that it is now. Yeah, it's it is interesting to look at a movie that didn't do super well and then got eight or nine nominations. Like that usually doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, yeah. it would have it would have suffered. Yeah. So it had a weird life. Should have got that. Tim Robinson. That was bullshit. It was very weird that it, it basically went out, didn't got good critical reviews, didn't make much money. I think it did okay on the precursor circuit. I mean, circuit. Joe, if Didn't... we had an internet back then and that movie came out, holy shit, that movie would have been like everyone would have lost their goddamn minds. I think. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been the twist. It would have been. It would have also you know. been closer to like an Argo, where it would have been acceptable to everyone. Yeah. Well, because I mean, it's there's very not... hard to hate the movie. There's nothing. No, there's nothing bad about that film. No, I mean, I, I listen. My my, it's my favorite film of all time. Pulp Fiction is my third favorite. Should have won. So like. Oh, wait. <laughs> but Pulp Fiction against... Well, yeah, the fact that Forrest Gump beat out Shawshank and Pulp Fiction, two of arguably the greatest films of the 90s. Wait, 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 wait. I mean, also, too, I love Four Weddings and a Funeral. It's one of those, just, like, guilty pleasures. You put that on. It's like a very charming sort of those Richard Curtis um, yeah, romantic comedy. And then Quiz yeah. Show is a great film, like a great yeah. sort of procedural oh, biopic. It's a, it's a... It's, it's a great lineup. It's Chris, a re- yeah. It's Chris it's a great lineup, and five. Forrest Gump is lucky to be in there. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. Forrest Gump is literally the only five. bad movie of that five. Yeah, I what's mean, funny like, is that was a that was a not every year deserved necessarily a year of ten. I mean, I certainly would have found ten movies because I would have seen three hundred movies. They had at like the time, Lion King in there, or I mean, Bolts over, Bolts over Broadway. Broadway. Like you could get to seven or eight very Ed easy. Wood. Ed Wood. Oh, yeah. Ed Wood. Oh. Yeah. So there's a, and that's the thing. Like if you if you would have had a year at ten, let's go to this for a second. Would could we have gotten a ten that would have been great? Because then it would be the best lineup. It might have been that. Yeah, I mean you had like Ed Wood, uh, Lion King, Bullets Over Broadway. I know the Woody Allen, but it's, a, it's yeah. But you got to remember movie. Woody Allen was also yeah, super was, popular at the time. Well, he was up. He was popular movies. up until 2000 and like 11 when he won an Oscar. So. Um, 
Uh, I mean, what else is out there? Let's look at what was nominated is the thing. Yeah. Was Three Colors Red nominated in like foreign language? Yeah. That's my favorite movie of the year. Oh, yeah. He got nominated for director. I don't know that they would have done that. Yeah, I don't know if it would have crossed over enough to be like an Amour, but I think it would have deserved it for sure. It deserved Amour Oscar nomination. (laughs) So let's see. In the top categories, I mean... Three Colors Red did get a director nomination. That's what I over, mean. over Shawshank. So yeah. it's possible. Um, uh, Little Women and the Client. I don't think either one of them would have would have gotten in. No, those don't seem like movies that would have gotten. So in. I, I mean, think just right now, out of personal preference, I'm going to throw out Interview with the Vampire. Oh, yeah, but they wouldn't have done that. <laughs> they wouldn't have, but yeah, you know, it's their loss. So at the moment, I would say Three Colors Red would be the number nine because it has a director nomination. Hell yeah. Yeah. And let's, let's go it. below the line and see what did really well. Speed. Uh, Lion King. <laughs> oh, oh, my speed. God. If they nominated Speed, I would lose my fucking Speed would have been great. It would be beautiful. It probably would have been. Dennis Hopper probably... should have been nominated for, for supporting actors. Just it would have. You know what it would have been? It would have been. Um... Don't say true lies. Get out of here. No, it would have been the madness of King Trudeau. George. Yeah, it would have been like the madness of King. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah. No, yeah. what's the what's the one that uh, isn't? No, maybe it's a different year. The one that Jeremy. This isn't the year Jeremy Irons won. No, that was like no, that was that was, that was Reversal yeah. of Fortune. Yeah, Reversal of Fortune. Yeah, like that. That would have been like. Anyway, yeah. I mean, it would have been. It would have. It would have been, been some some you know, like the last two would have been some combination of red, um, uh, madness King George, Little Women. And um, I think the Lion King. I, they not, I think the Lion King. King. Yeah, because they nominated Beauty and the Beast. Beast. Nominated, then definitely well, the Lion King. Well, well, okay, well, well, okay Miles. Been, like, Lion King was in no, that it first did get nominated. I know, but I, yeah. don't make it sound like Beauty and the Beast just got in there. All right. I mean, like, in great. any event, no. What I'm saying is, if Beauty and the Beast can crack it, there's no <laughs> okay. reason the Lion King can't crack it. Oh, okay, okay. Because right, I'm like, Beauty and the Beast is better than Lion King. Zemeckis top five. Um, I would say my five would be, um, Back to the Future, Who Framed Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Contact, Castaway, and I and I have one more right. Yeah. Uh, Romancing the Stone. Uh, I'll say Back to the Future, Roger Rabbit, Back to the Future Two, Back to the Future Three, Contact. Also, What Lies Beneath is great, too. I like that movie. I mean, the three Back to the Futures, Roger Rabbit, Contact are amazing. That's fair. Yeah. Miles? Uh, I'm going to say Roger Rabbit, Back to the Future, Flight, oh. Forrest Gump, and Castaway. No, Castaway, right. then Forrest Gump. All right. Oh, I didn't know we were doing it in order. I just was naming movies. I mean, I did it in order. Oh, I, well, then I, that changes everything. Too late. Also, real quick before we move on to the 94 Oscars, because I only found out about this recently, that was the same <laughs> year that um, Peter Capaldi won an Oscar for Best Live Action Short Film. Yeah, that was the, yeah they had an Oscar. Yeah, they Mitch talked about it on Graham Norton a couple years ago. Yeah, it's great. Him and Tom Hanks together. Mitch Zemeckis. Um, used Cars, mm-hmm. uh, Contacts, Roger Rabbit, I want to hold your hands yeah. and, uh, and death becomes her. Cool. Also, Castaway is my favorite Robert Zemeckis. So it's because <laughs> it's because it's the, the least he has to do in that film. 
He also only said to talk about Robert Zemeckis a bit, and we've done 20 minutes. So it's all right. There it's, we go. it's his episode. I know. It's, it's his, his episode. We're just podcasting on it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but we're going to go on to our other question now from Ryan McDermott, who uh, has a Margot Robbie filmaholic face-off for us. Ooh. And, mm-hmm. a, and, she, and we're all doing this filmaholic face-off in a bathtub. With Margot Robbie. Yep. Well... Yeah, well, I'm, it's a I very big bathtub. <laughs> I, lo- I, lo- I love the 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 varied responses we immediately got as I said that. Well, no, I, I mean, I mean, who wouldn't? Um, I mean, she see, and you know what? Out there for everyone, we can confirm that Mar- Margot Robbie does take baths. You know, evident for that movie, so she's at least clean, unlike Jake Gyllenhaal. So I mean, I've, I've, either that or she's a really good actor. Yeah, I mean, either I've, that or I've she's like you, water. I've, you know? I mean, I've been up very close to her at one point in my life, and if you say you smelt her, calm down. Nope. <laughs> I'm not. I'm. I guess I could be president then, but no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she appeared. She appeared very clean. Um, so. She's clean, the cleanest actress of all time. Clean. I'm hearing from a lot of people. I'm hearing from a lot. Of, yeah, my sources. Yeah, all these people, the great people, great people. <laughs> They're telling me things you can't believe. <laughs> That's the thing. If you don't try to do the voice, you can you can go so much deeper into just the words. Because if you try to do both, I think it slows down. Well, if you try to do it like this and be bigly, you know. Yeah, but yeah. if you just go with the words, yeah. Oh, yeah, it still sounds like a crazy person. Yeah, you still sound um, like you've got in a brain aneurysm. Anyway, yep. The Wolf of Wall Street or I Tanya, Miles Ryan Mitch. Um, I think she gives the better performance in I, Tanya, but I think as a movie, Wolf of Wall Street is better, so I'm going to go with that one. That is word for word what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, Miles isn't wrong. I just also, I haven't seen I, Tanya in a long time, and I remember liking it a lot, but I also didn't like a lot of the directorial fr- flourishes of Craig Gillespie in that film. And I didn't really care for them, especially his needle-dropping uh, fiascos in Cruella this year. Ryan and, is like, it's no Mr. Woodcock. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. Um, and uh, that's a good movie. I, he did oh, that? Yeah. Uh, wow, good for him. Greg, he did that Greg the Gillespie. same year that he did uh, Lars and the Real Girl. He did Lars yeah, and the Real Girl, too? The joke yeah. was that Lars and the Real Girl is the good movie and Mr. Woodcock is the they're bad both, movie. They're, but... they're both kind of... Uh, well, apparently I, he got, like, Mr. Woodcock really got taken away from him in, like, yes. the edit. Yeah, he he barely had a hand on that guy. I just like Billy Bob <laughs> Thornton being a mean son of a bitch. Uh, but um, Let's just hang out with him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Can we talk about Sling Blade? No. <laughs> um, Have you heard so. about when he was making all the pretty horses? The arguments he had with um, Matt Damon. They probably said no. For it a lot. Who was the? Who was the the executive? The woman. She, I think she, uh, is it the same one she got in trouble with the Sony hacks. Amy oh, Pascal. Uh, Amy Pascal. I think I think Amy Pascal was was the executive in charge of all the pretty horses, and he hated her. And whenever she would talk during the like meetings, he would take out a coloring book. Jesus Christ! As long as he got in between the lines, he's fine. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're both wrong. Like that's a huge dick move, and also a studio that hired the Sling Blade guy knew he wanted to make like a three and a half hour. Oh, like, he he directed all the pretty horses. Yeah, and also I, I think got taken away. It was a. One, I think it was a. It was a Miramax co. Yeah. yeah, it was one. Of the I think it was. He just wherever, doesn't seem. He doesn't seem like a Cormac McCarthy. They. They can't. They hire. So, wherever Amy Pascal was working, 
hired him to make that movie. Dated it as a Christmas movie. Yeah. Then was surprised he made a three and a half hour Cormac McCarthy downer. Well, I mean, that, have you read the book? <laughs> it, it, that was that was my point. Like they apparently hadn't, and then they they basically Weinstein came up and was like, "We'll handle it." Yeah, and like and they because the I guess he because they had options on 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 him from Sling Blade. Well, they also had like Matt Damon contract and stuff like that. Yeah, they had Matt Damon. They had uh, Billy Pen- Bob. Like they had Penelope, they had ins. Penelope Cruz. Yeah, and they and they made a mess of it. Um, but uh, yeah, I I I go. Meanwhile, Margot Robbie. Meanwhile, back in meanwhile, opposite of uh, Tangent Town, um, uh, I will I will go with the Wolf of Wall Street just because uh, she she is actually really good in the film too. Like I mean, she starts off as a sex object. But then, by but then, midway through the film, she is very formidable towards Leo. That's when the scene where she's throwing the water in his face in the bedroom. That's when I was like, okay, this girl can hold her own and dominate a scene opposite one of the great actors that we have today. She's gonna go places. So yeah, yeah, and she did, and she mm-hmm. has. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would have been funny if she beat him to an Oscar. Oh my god, that would have been amazing. That's that's mean. <laughs> the the that's like mean <laughs> congratulations call that he gives her is like, yeah, yeah, no, you deserve it. It's great, and. You know, his little voice just slow. It's like oh, like listening to Rick Dalton, like do the scene. Well, I mean, like, no, that's like, like saying if Jonah would have beat him like that year. And it's well, like, I think he would have been. He might amazing, have had that yeah. exact. Arguably, he might have had that exact phone conversation with his co-star Matthew McConaughey that very year. Yeah. yeah. Like no, that. you're not wrong. Yeah. It would have been amazing if McConaughey got nominated supporting and took home two. Just right. for that reason. <laughs> he deserved it. He was great in Wolf of Wall Street. He beats both his co-stars. He's better in Wolf of Wall Street than he is in Dallas Buyers Club. I, I, I kind of, I kind of agree. I like him, and I like him in Dallas Buyers Club. But yeah, no, I mean, it's I, like five minutes of probably his best acting on yeah, the screen mm-hmm. for sure. Well, and that was at the the height mm-hmm. of the reconnaissance. Yeah, though he should yeah. have been nominated for like Magic Mike, to be fair, because he's yeah. just fantastic. In that film. anyway, yeah. Mitch. Anyway, Mitch, go ahead. Um, I don't, I don't, I'm not crazy about either of these movies. I'm kind of have mixed feelings on Wolf of Wall Street, but I really didn't like Itania, so I would go with Wolf of Wall Street out of the two. Fair enough. So we split. I, loved, I know Wolf Wall Street won. We won. We I always love uh, the Mulaney joke about uh, that they did at the Spirit Awards about like I want to make a movie called Nancy about a girl that gets beaten up by a bunch of like <laughs> like simpletons or whatever and and then they make a movie about her incident and she's the victim. She she's yeah. the bad guy. I always love that joke. Yeah, I tell you, really like, kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. Fair though, enough. though, Janie, Janie with the with the bird wall was giving us that. Yeah, I I still love when 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 she goes like, when the hell did I fall out of this narrative or something like that? When she just acknowledges they <laughs> yeah. haven't yeah. acknowledged her in a while. Yeah, well, she only won that Oscar because she's Allison Janney. I mean, yeah, she, they just wanted to give it to Janney. Yeah. No complaints about that. I mean, I, I mean, Leslie Manville's right there. I mean, forget no. Sake. First of all, yeah, the, correct an- the correct yeah. answer is Laurie Metcalf. No, the correct answer else. is Leslie Manville. I mean, like, good lord, what she does with her screen time in Phantom <laughs> Thread is fantastic. She wasn't even my number three. She's um, the most memeable of all of them. I mean, like, you know, she's oh not God, even I, the best supporting actress in Phantom Thread. Yeah. Who's the be- Who's the other? Vicky Crape. She's, she's not a supporting lead. actress. She's the lead. Well, did you get nominated for lead? 
No, because she didn't Did she run for lead. Either? They ran her for lead, and she didn't get in. Look at the lead actress category. Well, they ran year, Lakeith for lead, too. Things don't always work out that way, do Oh, they? Miles, don't start. She's totally Fair. the lead of that Listen, film, and you know we've it. Got, I don't got... disagree, but that's where she would have ended up if it had happened. Listen, we've got so much more to talk about, because the next one is The Legend of Tarzan or Suicide Squad. The first Suicide Squad or the second? I, I said Suicide Squad. He said okay. he didn't put the the. It's It's cleaner. Um, death i mean i guess suicide squad by default because the legend of tarzan is like a big old nothing of a film and suicide squad is a very bad movie but she does at least introduce a character that she would go on to do a very good job playing that's fair um i'll go with the suicide squad I, or not nope. the suicide suicide squad sorry i have to remember not the facebook facebook um, but, uh, and I, yeah, the legend of Tarzan, I, I've only seen about half of it and I stopped and Suicide it's got too Squad, good of a cast to be as forgettable as it is. It, exactly. Right. Oh no, no. Um, Ryan loves it. He stopped because there was so much shirtless, uh, Skarsgård. He had, I mean, there's, the for a little I'm, bit. okay, listen. There is nothing wrong with looking at that beautiful man. Uh, oh, I was I wasn't criticizing you. I was just acknowledging. Yeah, I was. <laughs> but to make me like want to turn a movie, kind of, and it was on like television. I was like, oh, I'll give it a shot. And then I was like, no. He's I, like, I, I turned me on. Turned uh, the movie back on. Not so not much. So mu- not so much. Um, but I actually don't think Suicide Squad is as terrible as people say. It's a movie that when you're watching it. You can have sort of like guilty fun with it, but as you start thinking about it, that's when the problems start happening. So much like mm. the new one. Uh, so this explains uh, a lot about uh, your like, modern perspective. Well, it's just the truth. Um, so and Listen, he also he also compared the ledges of Tarzan to effective pornography. So I mean, that's know. kind of what they were going with. Um, I, I don't. I don't. Uh, I mean, but yeah, it's, it's Suicide Squad. Also, Will Smith is actually really good in that film too. Yeah. The two of them and Viola Davis are the only parts that work. Yeah. Mitch, you know what? Yeah. Candace. Um, I've got a little bit of a hot take, which is that I kind of like The Legend of Tarzan. I I thought it was fun for like what it was. I mean, I guess it helps that I went in with like the lowest expectations humanly possible. So the Never fact change. that it wasn't like absolute garbage, I was like, "Never oh, change, Mitch." Thank Never you very change. much. Um, so I mean, I mean there, there is currently a, the most recent Sunday Scaries is on why the Wolfman might be a good movie. So. That's true. It's Great this movie. does track. <laughs> um, and then Suicide Squad, I do think is probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen. So Legend of Tarzan, pretty easily for me on this one. Um, they're both bad. <laughs> I watched the Legend of Tarzan on a tr- plane. Uh, where standards couldn't be lower, which is keep me awake, and I, be- <laughs> and I believe it struggled to succeed. Um, but I will go Suicide Squad just because of Robbie, and also I think at this point, if I ever were to watch it again, and I probably won't, um, I would be looking for where the like better movie was, where the because it's so choppily made, where the edits are for where they like, oh, this scene's too long, just cut it up. Where like the movie that David Ayer thought he made was is in there, and. Yeah. I still don't know that he made a good movie, but he definitely made a different movie. Where you can tell that it was edited by a trailer editing company. For fuck's sake. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> next up, this one's really easy to me, but I, I, I feel like I'm not going to get the same support. Uh, Bombshell or Mary Queen of Scots? Oh, God. 
<laughs> I think one is really good and one is really bad and it may not be the same answer you guys have. So full disclosure, I haven't seen either movie. Um, <laughs> which one do you want to see? I think I think by having not seen either reviews, that answered your question. Prior to reviews coming out, I was genuinely interested in Bombshell, and then I heard it was eh to fine, and so I kind of gave it a miss. Mary Queen of Scots I was never interested in. So I guess Bombshell. I'm counting that as a Bombshell win. There we go. Um, I hate both of these movies. <laughs> um, but I think Mary Queen of Scots is worse. Um, I just, that movie had so much potential. It's so fucking boring. And mm-hmm. I just was like, all of it just, it didn't make any sense. The script was terrible. The direction was awful. Um, uh, it just, I mean, my eyes the whole time, the performances are trying so hard to land Oscar nominations. It's ridiculous. The, the, the editing's sort of- terrible. The change in, in response to that movie was very puzzling to me. I, I saw it with someone mm-hmm. at a very small screening. Um, I'm not going to say who, but perhaps you can guess. And uh, I we both saw it at the same time. I said I hated it. That person said that they thought it was meh, like maybe kind of bad, but also there were parts that maybe were good. Mm-hmm. And by the end of that season, I believe it made their top ten list. Yeah, which is what? bullshit. Um, stupid. Um, so I'll go with Bombshell just because of the makeup job that they did on Charlize. Robbie's fucking wasted in that movie. She's, I mean, people, people get all over her performance in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and not having much to do. Uh, there's so much more to that performance than there is just jumping in bed with Kate McKinnon and having a weird one off scene with, uh, you know, every other character. I mean, like, she does nothing in that yeah. movie. That's just a bad character. You, you, first of all, do not speak ill of jumping in bed with Kate McKinnon. I mean, there's no point to it. They I don't explore it points. at all. <laughs> I mean, I would argue they could have explored it more, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, they could have added emotional weight behind this character and tried to use it as sort of like, you know, for the audience to understand what's going on i mean again there's again, so much is, in that movie that it's a uh, it's a jay roche movie you, uh, well, you I either understand. you either you either go in for what he's doing or you don't didn't he make uh fucking trumbo i guess so trumbo is like, a better movie than did anybody I, I, make trumbo yeah i mean trumbo, trumbo did made, yeah trumbo it's been blacklisted trumbo. we can't we'll never um, know listen um, i i like those movies but i i they're also movies for your dad like yeah. they're not going in to oh. be deep explorations they're going in for you know that story you heard yeah, this, like is the, this is the this is the Cliff Notes. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? um, Which, So yeah, know, I'll go with whatever. Bombshell. But man, Mary Queen of Scots was a piece of shit. I agree. <laughs> so I'm, I, I actually I like Bombshell, even go, knowing that it's very thin. So now I, I just jumped in because I, I I feel like Mitch is gonna ruin the sweep. <laughs> no, I mean I I um I haven't seen Mary Queen of Scots. I really didn't like Bombshell. But I haven't seen Mary Queen of Scots, so I can't really don't. Aha, we won. Don't. <laughs> Mitch, whatever you do, don't watch Mary Queen of Scots. Your day will be ruined. Yeah, there's no, there's no way that I'm going. I never it. I'm understood too busy that. Watching Legend of Tarzan again to watch. Joe, I Mary never, un- I, Joe, I think I know who you're talking about. I never understood that. I never understood the 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 massive sort of crazy I mean, support I behind it. it. It was, it was a, it was a calculation to interview Margot Robbie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, it so. was, a, it was a lot of like. 
we're only liking this movie because it's a female director and uh, you, one person likes the star. And I was sitting there thinking, if a man had directed this movie, nobody would give it. It would be one of the. It would be like the Goldfinch. It would be one of those we sit there and talk about, like, good God, this movie is awful and terrible, blah, 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 blah. And it was a very I mean, virtual signal kind of film sort for Sort of. People. I mean, listen, I we, we all know that women get one strike in Hollywood. Yeah, you know, and, and, and look. That's terrible. I don't have it's a terrible. problem with, with the director. I just thought that what she yeah. did, she well, straddled that's, that's between wanting to be a giant epic story and being something intimate, and she couldn't decide, and oh. it... Also and and also it was written by Bo Willman, who I expect like, more from Bo Willman because he's actually a pretty decent screenwriter. So yeah, and like the idea of him making a political politically in a political intrigue film, but it, set then like yeah, I'm it's great. I'm sign me was, the hell up, and yeah, it yeah. just completely blew chunks. Yeah. yeah, I mean yes, exactly. Like you can you can criticize the movie without trying to torpedo Josie Work's career. Yeah, no, yeah, she, I should, just she should get a, that she, she hasn't get another any shot. movie since. Yeah, that's crazy. That's that's messed up. Well, I mean it. I mean it only came out three years ago. So yeah, but she should. She doesn't have like she, anything in development. Yeah, or but she yeah she should get another shot to make something else, something with a better script. If she wants to, I mean she might she might True. also be in be doing film right now. I mean theater right now. Yeah, she well, she good. was she was actually the artistic director of a place in London until 2019. Yeah, and since then, not a whole lot was getting done. So it's very possible that that also just... she might just work better in theater and not on film, guys. I mean, I mean that's also yeah, that's true. Very possible. Like not trying to be rude, just so, you know, happens. I mean, listen, no, yeah, it's a fair, it's um, a fair thing. She, let's see, is there? Did she do anything on stage since then? She has. I'm gonna go with the the pandemic, probably. Yeah, I'm just gonna say anything on stage in the last year. I'm gonna call that a call that a big no. Exactly. Um, And then the final one is, all right, guys. Oh God. Well, here, Mitch and I are gonna go first. (laughs) Um, Mitch, the Suicide Squad or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Oh my (laughs) God! What's wrong with you? Ah, my day has come. Jeez. Um, yeah, I. No, no, no. I think it's Miles first. No, no, no. Take your time. No, no, come, I, you, come guys back go, you guys are going last. Come oh, back bullshit. You are no, no. not having Mitch, the last word on this Mitch, one. Mitch and I are going first. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I don't particularly like either of them. I know I haven't spoken on here about my thoughts on The Suicide Squad, but I, I thought it was kind of a nothing for me, weirdly enough. I was looking forward to it, um, especially after, like, the response, but it just, like, didn't really register anything for me. Um, but, so I don't know. I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is more interesting, and I would rather re-watch that than The Suicide mm-hmm. Squad. So I guess Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, uh, interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say she's better in The Suicide Squad, but Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a better movie. But I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of abstain because I want to hear the two of them go at it. So. <laughs> Here we go. Have fun. Oh, you, Ryan. Oh, 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 me. Go for it. Um. Well, first off, one of them. Also, direct- keep it brief. We have something else to do. First off, <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is directed by a good director. The Suicide Squad is directed by a fanboy who doesn't know how to shut the hell up. Um. <laughs> I mean, where I will preface, both of them don't know how to shut. Them. Yeah, I don't know I, that you yeah, can make but, an argument. But that one Tarantino is one is, is an elevated director that's earned one one is one is at least an elevated director, an Academy Award winning director that's 
earn the right. Academy I would Award winning writer. I don't know that anyone's writer, earned the right to, to be a jackass. Well, I mean, whatever. also, too, let's, he let's can say leave, whatever let's, he wants. Let's he, focus he, more on the movie. He movies. invented a genre. Didn't you guys know that? Um, look, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a great film. It's one of the best films of the last couple of years. The Suicide Squad is basically a slightly better version, story-wise and, every, and, and everything-wise, than the previous Suicide Squad film that we got. That's all it is when you really break it down. The comedy is repetitive for the sake of let me just kill people to make you laugh. Um, it's politics are all over the place. It's uh, in terms of, you know, geopolitical things. Yeah. And uh, I, I also just think it is. And I, mean, I know Miles is going to say this about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It is 20 to 30 minutes too long. There is oh, a good movie. That's rich. There is a there is a really really good movie. <laughs> that's rich. No. when you're comparing these two movies. No, but I think I think this about <laughs> the thing about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is that movie is a hangout film. That movie is an experience. You feel the you're supposed to feel the longevity of it over time, and so you and it doesn't. There's nothing ever dull in that movie. There's nothing to cut out. There's it's all part of this just like easy ride that you go with it's not like i would even say django or the hateful eight where you have to take stuff out this movie you could make the argument you could have more time with these characters literally have a book literally have him make a stage play that he's trying to do like there's stuff in that universe that's so interesting like mitch said plus like all the performances are just flat out awesome and yeah it's 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 great Fine. Okay. There's your side one. Counterpoint coming in a moment. I will just step in for one thing to say. Most of that is completely valid in terms of it being taste and whether it works for you or not. I will just say, before I turn it over to Miles, ascribing political re- uh, theories to a movie that has a giant starfish at the end might be a, giving it a little more thought in that realm than it was going for. I don't think it cares about politics. But in any event, Miles, your, your turn. So... Oh, God, here we go. Keeping in mind that I think I like Once Upon a Time would better, but I love both of them. So, but, uh, Go ahead. Uh, I'll try and keep this brief, but The Suicide Squad is my favorite film of the year. It's my favorite comic book film I've ever seen. I loved every single minute ever? of it. I wouldn't cut a single minute out of it. I thought it was ever? funny. I thought it was violent. I loved every actor in it. I loved every character in it. There's... It's one of the rare movies that there was literally nothing about it that didn't work for me. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I know I'm in the minority of this. I've accepted that. I've come to peace with it. It was a movie I was very excited for going in because I do generally love Tarantino. I think it's one of his weakest films. I think it's way, it's like an hour too long. I don't think it's nearly as engaging as his best work. Even Pulp Fiction, which is primarily a bit of a hangout movie as well with some crime elements, it's it doesn't come close to that. I think Leo and Brad Pitt do very good work with characters who aren't that memorable on the page. I think Margot has nothing to do and might as well not even be in the movie, especially at the end when you realize it's not even remotely about her. Um, and... I could forgive all of that because the first two hours and change, even if it's not 
Tarantino's best work. There's still good scenes. There's still enough that I'm with it. But the last 20 minutes fucking ruin it for me. The last 20 minutes are so offensively fucking bad that I have no goodwill left towards the movie as a whole. Suicide Squad wins. Interestingly, to step in for a moment, I feel like you would prefer the book. I'm never going to read the book. I've, I've read, I've read I know you're never going to read it. It is not for me. The funny part is the excerpts are painting a different story than the book is telling because the book actually has a different ending. I mean, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I've I've seen no, I've seen a handful it, it, of female characters introduced based on their breast size, and that's enough for me. That is that is a thing he does. Um, Jesus, but, yeah, they definitely. It's written as if it was written by a person writing this book. In this yeah, book. it's not written by him. It's written by somebody. Except it is written it's, by him. He it's wrote written it. by a character. He wrote it's, the words. It doesn't matter the perspective. He's still the one writing it. Yes. There is, so it's, it's like not, written. It's I'm not like, going to call it a good choice, but it is a choice consistent with. He the type made of book a choice with it, and he's doing it within. Like if somebody took the script from that, or made a book back then in that time period, and brought it into you know a film that's yeah. from now. At like the same that, time, it's still a character. Not necessary. He built a, it's a character device for on the book. And, there, and, there were there were several bad habits in it that are noticeable. Yeah, and um, he's doing them most, on purpose. Most of the most of the the first person stuff is the weakest stuff in the book because I just I don't care what whether it's him, whether it's the author, whether it's whatever. When it when that character opines on anything, it's not interesting. Yeah, but, I just can't buy into Miles's premise. That's the greatest comic book movie you've ever seen. It's my favorite. I mean, it it was the Dark Knight for the longest time, but I think it just narrowly. You think it. that the Suicide Squad is better than the Dark Knight? I do. The Dark Knight has some dumb plot stuff near the end, and is you think the that the Dark Knight has dumb plot stuff, and you're telling me that Suicide <laughs> the Suicide the Squad does it is about the plot. It takes itself very seriously. The Suicide Squad is just dumb fun. It doesn't have to have an airtight plot. That's not a Requirement for me. Here's your choice. We can keep going on this, but if we do that, we can't do Armin White. That's fine. No, I'm into it. Let's go. No. All right. I, I, well, I guess we're sacrificing Armin White. I would like to do Armin White. I'm so All right. done. Wait, we have a, so here, let's pause on <laughs> on that debate. To say that the that's better than the Dark Knight. Calm down. Shame Dark Knight is still Ryan number was... two. I still love the Dark Knight, to be clear, but Man. this is my This new is the things. internet. There's no number there's no no number two. Um Ryan uh, also asks for uh, Mount Rushmunk. Uh, I'm sorry, Mount Rushmork. Robin Williams? Robin Williams? Yes. Oh. But to make it interesting, you cannot choose Good Will Hunting or Aladdin. Why not? <laughs> to make it more interesting. I mean, that's still interesting. I mean, he's still got a ton of stuff. I mean, stuff. he does, but I, well, I guess because those would both be on there by default otherwise. Yeah, it's his they Oscar would. and, and it's, I mean, it's also so it's... the greatest voice performance in an animated film's history, you got yes. anybody going to say anything bad about that? Uh, I, I, well, you said animated performance, so I'll agree. Uh, I, I would if he had said I just mean, voice performance. I don't have I might, a strong counter argument. It's top five for sure. Um, I mean, it literally ushered in the era of big stars doing, which I would argue you know, is a terrible animated. era that nobody has done even close to as well. Well, no, yeah, that's the point. It's the <laughs> okay. all right. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. Robin Williams. I feel like I'm not those two films. We got uh, here's some options. Good Morning Vietnam. Yeah, it's great. Dead Poets Society. Yeah. Uh, The Birdcage. Mrs. Doubtfire. Man, yeah, not Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, Popeye. Let's see. I mean, Popeye is an option. Popeye's great. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna I, I don't, throw I'm one out there if we want to look at some of his dramatic stuff. I think he's excellent in Insomnia. I think he's great yeah. in Awakenings. He's not been Insomnia. Uh, one hour photo. Yep. One hour photo. Uh, Awakenings. Um, I think he's great uh, in uh, Miles's favorite movie, Jack. Um, <laughs> I don't mind him in Jack. What's it? So here's what I'm gonna say. I think. Pat Dead Poets Society and Good Morning Vietnam make the new for four. sure. For sure, um, I love What Dreams May Come, but I know no oh. one cares about that movie. That movie's rough. That's fair. Uh, so we got two. So what we have is we have is two sort of dramedy roles, where one's more drama than comedy, and one's more comedy than drama. So we, I would say, if we want to, what we should do is we try to find one straight drama, one straight comedy. I vote for One Hour Photo and The Birdcage. I'd be fine with that. I actually wouldn't argue with that. Um, I mean, it doesn't matter what Ryan says now. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But feel free to, feel free just, to make your can pitch. Can we just put in, put in Hook? No, I'm just kidding. Um, I mean, The Fisher King is pretty good. Fisher, Fisher, King, King, really Fisher good. King's great. Just, World According to Garp is good. Yeah, I'm, I'm just scrolling through his filmography real quick to see if I'm forgetting anything. Patch yeah. Adams, guys. License to wed. Duh. Patch Adams. <laughs> he did do a drama in 2006 Boulevard? called The Night Listener with Tony Night Collette. Right. Oh, that's that, a pretty yeah, good one. It's, yeah, that's it's surprisingly kind of pretty good. People don't know oh, what about uh, What about World's Greatest Dad? <laughs> I like World's Greatest Dad. He has a... He has, I, I like Moscow and Hudson. Like I will say World's Greatest Dad has an amazing line where he's um, talking to his neighbor and she's like, the kid's like a zombie. He goes, I wish. I like zombies. Um, Jumanji, uh, yeah, I, Ju- yeah, Jumanji yeah, is that's a classic. He's actually very good in Boulevard. Six people saw it. Yeah, is yeah, that the I one where he's one. the? Uh, what's one's Boulevard again? It's the one they came out right, right, right before he passed, right? Yes. Yeah, and it's the one where he's uh, in in the closet. Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, is he? Yeah, I guess he, I guess he is in that movie. For well, the most ha- part. he he has like. He hires like a male prostitute, if I'm not mistaken. There, yeah, a fair amount of things happen. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I haven't seen. I just saw the trailer for it. And I was the like, only oh. one that I, you know, what I wish was a better movie, Man mm. of the Year. Yeah, I was, oh, yeah, that should have been yeah. great, but it wasn't. That should have been like what happened. John Stewart becomes president. Yep. Um, but we, because yeah. they also, the problem was they also ingeniously shielded us from the fact that it wasn't going to be a very good movie because they didn't say anything about the like. The voting roll error thing—that the idea that well, it was a, yeah. like a mistake. Yeah. Also, like in also, the trailer, he wins by accident. Great, great trailer. Yeah, I mean, great it trailer. says Bruce Springsteen for Secretary of State. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of a uh, director, Barry Levinson, directors who like there were on a hot streak in the '80s and then just kind of fell apart. Oh man, yeah. no yeah. kidding. Oh god. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime he's around a project right now, I just go. Ugh. <laughs> I, shiv- I shiver a little bit. You guys looking um, forward to his take on behind the scenes of The Godfather? <laughs> is he is he the guy doing that? So there's two he's versions of, yeah. of that story happening. One's a TV show and one's a movie. He's doing the movie. Who's in the movie? Is that uh, the one with Oscar Isaac? Yeah. Oh shit. Fuck. <laughs> Damn it. I was looking forward to that, Miles. Well, now you don't have to. <laughs> Cuz The Godfather's go. my favorite film of all time. No, I think it's a great story. I'm fascinated to see the two different versions and how much they yeah. differ from each other. Um, all right. Yeah, I think I think um what were the two options? I think the birdcage, and I'll go with one hour photo, even though I think That's it's fine. better in insomnia. I, I do too, he but one great. hour photo. I mean, insomnia and Mrs. Doubtfire are the other two backups without a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So quickly, uh, let's talk about some new releases before we play a game or two. Okay. Uh, Miles saw a free guy. I've already seen it. I hinted about it a little bit. Uh, you guys haven't seen it yet. Miles, give me like thirty seconds on Free Guy. I, we all know I like it. Yeah, it's good. I I was I feel like I've been watching trailers for it in front of every movie I've seen for like two years. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Um, so I was very ready to just dismiss it completely. But it's actually super fun. It's enjoyable. It's light. It's breezy. It's probably a little bit too long. It's a little bit not preachy, but it's got a good message. But it lays that message on way too thick, and the exposition in particular is rough at times. Uh, but the actors are really good. It's has a very loose understanding of how video games work, but it does seem tapped into video game culture, uh, which is something I appreciated. Uh, there's some amazing cameos throughout, especially towards the end. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Ryan Reynolds does a very good version of a PG Deadpool. Uh, I want to see Jodie Comer and more things stat. Taika Waititi does a lot with a very thinly written character. Um, it's it's a fun time. And also, uh, and this is the mildest of spoilers, but Channing Tatum deserves a special prize for being one of the most consistently consistently effective cameo actors of all time. Because he <laughs> oh, has, is it on par with his This is the End? It's cameo? it's up there, if not topping it. Yeah. I would have loved I would have loved to have known that he's not in it, but you didn't spoil that for me, Miles. Somebody else did, but uh but now I, I, I won't spoil I just, what his role is, but he has, yeah, he has a brief just, role and it's very entertaining. I just mi- I just miss him on screen so much because I think he he also, is, I think he's an interesting. Uh, it's also they reveal it very early. Oh yeah, it's like literally in the first scene of the movie. You know. Yeah, and okay. then his actual his actual like cameo where he's amusing is later on. Yeah, but but it is a nice like, the quick first reminder scene of the movie just does, yeah. how engaging he is on film. Exactly. Um, and then I want to talk about Coda for a little bit. Um, do we have anything else new that we wanted to bring up? Uh, don't see respect. Um, well, yeah, quickly we'll do two movies we're both we're indifferent to. So respect, it's fine. Like I gave it the mildest of recommendations in in terms of like I thought Jennifer Hudson was pretty good, mm-hmm. um, and I thought Mark Maron was oddly really good. Not oddly, I think he's pretty good in most things, but I I, I thought that was more of a performance than just him being him and enjoying that he's him. The movie's a, a solid 40 minutes too long. 40 uh, minutes? It's very long and doesn't mm-hmm. need to be. But right. it, it was like more... It, it was hour. not as boring as I was expecting it to be. Like, it could have easily been a just complete slog. It's... What it comes down to is it's a biopic. Do you like biopics or not? If you're if you're into them and you like the portrait of a person's career, you're probably going to find it enjoyable. If you like Aretha Franklin music, which pretty much everyone does... Um, but if you if you're if you're someone who's tired of biopics and you really want them to go in a different direction, this is not that. So just keep oh. that in mind. I, I mine is ever so slightly a recommendation. I know Ryan doesn't care for it. It's one of the worst movies of the year. Um, and it just, elements of it are good. Elements of it, it are bad. Big time blows. Um, and it's Fair. and it's a it's sad because like this is a very interesting person, given the people that are were in Aretha Franklin's life, giving her life everything. And it's so just by the numbers. Uh, it's so. Well, that's what it is. It's by the it, numbers. It's, by, it's, it, in all I mean, ways, it's by the numbers. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's just not good. 
Uh, Joey's right. It's about 40 minutes, maybe even an hour too long. Well, there's, there's a moment I think everyone who watches it goes, this movie's about to end, and it has an hour. And it hasn't. I mean, <laughs> like, the, I mean, like, I remember a couple of years ago the documentary uh, about what basically Amazing is Grace. the ending of the film. Yeah, yeah. Amazing Grace. That movie is so much better and conveys a lot of the emotions going through her life and her mind at the time than uh, in in a better showcase of the voice. Because well, I, I think Jennifer, is... I think Jennifer Hudson, uh, Jennifer Hudson, is just miscast completely. Because all I thought about the entire time was Jennifer Hudson, and she is just known as her Dream Girls performance, and that's kind of what she does here. She just belts out every single song and it's just like there's no subtlety to any of this performance whatsoever. I mean this and is I not get, meant to be a subtlety I mean and it's not meant to be but like there's no when it does try to go for like let's feel bad and everything it's like no it's just Jennifer Hudson trying to play Aretha Franklin I never saw Aretha Franklin all I saw was Jennifer Hudson and I think that that's a big problem I agree with you I think Mark Maron's pretty good i think titus burgess is actually really good if he get, got like maybe one or two more scenes he could have been like a very uh well that's low, the thing so, supporting actor but like there's a lot Forrest of, Whitaker, there's a lot of scenes Wayne are bad yeah they're yeah they're, they're just they're odd is more yeah. of what it is than yeah like, i think what it is is every time it gets boring it picks itself up and it becomes frustrating in that that's why i i eventually was like it's there's just slightly more good than bad here, so I'll, I'll give it. It's the not bow rap level, but it's it's like it's like Billy Holiday. It's just like there is I a like good it there is than Billy Holiday because the, Billy Holiday just took the wrong approach to everything. This yeah. this has more well, of it's a down like the middle, these are right? two interesting figures, right? And I just think well, that one the went whole, with the most uninteresting version of that character, and one yeah. went with the most mainstream version of it. Exactly, character. and it's like. I think that the best biopics or just the best music films in general are where you take a section of that person's life. Yeah. You know, rather than do the whole life. Yeah, no, like, you, I would rather. Those are the best biopics in made, general. Like, why do. I would, yeah, I would rather have made Amazing Grace as a as a drama. Exactly. Like, make it about that moment. Make, Maybe flashback to make, a couple of things yeah, and then make, just. Like, Bohemian know. Rhapsody should have been Live Aid. Yeah. Yeah, with and a you flashback flash to set up, you know, periodically, like where they're, why these, why they're friction, yeah, exactly. But it is what it is. On the flip side, uh, Miles and I both did not care for "Don't Breathe" too. Oh uh, God, I heard that. I, I heard that is so irresponsibly bad. Uh, so here's the thing. I'm gonna let Miles do it, but it's so well made that it shouldn't be as bad as it is because it's, it does all of the things the first movie did well. It still does those. But the 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 plot is asinine, and I um, you know, I, I knock a half star off anything that kills a dog. So there is an unnecessary dog death. That then oddly they spend a lot of the movie trying to redeem, which just calls more attention to the fact that you didn't need to do it. Um, so I was like, it's it's oddly very funny, though I don't know that it's trying to be. Um, I think I I think I told Miles ahead of time like there's a there's a fuck of a turn in the movie. And I think when he saw it, his response was, oh, yeah, that. Um, but, yeah, Miles, go go ahead for a minute. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I love the first Don't Breathe. I even wrote an article on the site about it and at the time was optimistic that they could do something interesting with this movie. Uh, they did not. Uh, they took a real big swing, which I do admire in an abstract way. And like Joey said, the execution is still there. It's a different director, but it's still got the same level of craft. Stephen Lang is still very good with what he's doing. Um, but none of that matters because conceptually the film is so flawed, so miscalculated, it just does not work on any level. 
Uh, there's not a single character you can conceivably root for or invest in. It tries to build a redemption arc out of a character who is, let's not make any bones about it, he's a rapist and a murderer. And, you know, I've always wanted to see... Um, I've talked about before, I've always wanted to see a slasher sequel or something that's, like, from the perspective of the killer. Like, I'd love to see, like, a Friday the 13th from Jason's perspective or Michael with Halloween or something like that, but not the fucking Rob Zombie thing, an actual good one. Um, But um, this is not the character to do that with, and it just, it's icky and weird and gross and nasty. And the first film is, like, a nasty, sick little thing, but this is, it just takes it to the wrong level, um... You know, it only gets by on having the blind man be kind of the protagonist because the actual antagonists are like the most comically awful evil people conceivable. (laughs) Like they have to go so preposterously out of their way to make these people evil just to make him seem relatable by comparison. But it's just Mm -hmm. it, it, it it's not a film that justifies its existence. It's. It's the movie version of when you're like, oh, God, the nominee for president is going to be Ted Cruz or Donald Trump. Oh, God. It's 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 a rough watch. I do not recommend it to anyone. God, I got to go drink more coffee to wake up. Well, I don't need any more coffee now. You just woke me up. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, between, it's, it's rough. Between that comment and the, the Dark Knight comment. Jesus, what an All episode. right. Before we play a game. I love how Coda. you're trying to twist it like I didn't like the Dark Knight. I mean, you're just, I mean, it's blasphemy. But anyway, move on. Coda. <laughs> what a great movie. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm actually going to rewatch it tonight. I, I saw it back in January at Sundance. Almost missed it, too. Like, didn't. God, could you imagine if you missed screening. that one? Good yeah. lord. Um, didn't get to the first screening. It was virtual. So, like, I, I don't think I signed on that first night. I don't remember. It was also January in the middle of a pandemic. So I wasn't yeah, like January in the middle of pandemic seasons going on. Yeah. But yeah. And also like opening night films of festivals are not traditionally. No, super great. They're not usually as crowd pleasing and wonderful as this movie is. They're kind of programmed to be that way, but they're, they're baser. Yeah. Um, so when I saw a couple people be like, Oh my God, it's going to be the best movie of the year. I was like, Oh, we're doing this. Yeah, and then and then you see it, it, and you're like, shit. Well, I, I watched a bunch of stuff, and then it won all the awards, and anything that won an award got at Sundance gets another screening, so they they was available. So I was like, hey, let me sit here, I'm gonna eat lunch, I'm gonna watch it, and God, if it isn't fucking delightful, um, and really funny and moving by the end. I mean, yeah, it's in my top five for the year so far. I, I it has one of my favorite jokes of the year, which is still the. At the doctor's office in the beginning of the movie. <laughs> That's good. How long do we have to wait to have sex? He said never. You can never have sex again. Um, it's just such a like good introduction to like this is what her life is. Like as a child of deaf, deaf adults, I translate for them and I have to translate their doctor's appointment about athletes foot on their genitals. Great. This is my life. Phenomenal. Um, or like her friend who wants to bang her brother. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. All, the, all the comedy is very simple. But very effective, which makes the emotions of everything else really work. I don't know. I thought it was it was very very good. I know you guys have seen it now. Yeah. So um, yeah. normal normal order. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I just caught on Friday night. I wasn't super excited for it. I think because mentally I'm gearing up for the wave of sad dramas that I'm inevitably going to have to watch this Oscar season. Oh, um, so I was in my mind, I was kind of lumping it in with that. But it's not that at all. It's actually totally delightful. 
Um, it's in my top three of the year. I really, really enjoyed it. It's a very, you know, if you've seen any coming of age story, you can kind of see the beats and how it's going to play out. But it's in the execution of those beats that I think it really shines and really stands out. The cast is phenomenal. Um, the writing is really sharp. Um, there's the one supporting character, the teacher, who, when he's first introduced, you kind of think, oh, this is going to be a very sort of stereotypical sort of take on this character. But he actually ended up being quite three-dimensional, and I ended up really enjoying his stuff. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a winner. It's a feel-good movie. You'll laugh, you'll cry. It's it's everything good cinema should be. It, yeah. Ryan? I, I like all those sad dramas in the, uh, in the fall. Um, you know... Sorry, sorry, Miles. Um, guess you and Bill Maher can watch Suicide Squad together or something. Um, don't lump but, me in with uh, fucking Bill Maher, you son of a <laughs> well, bitch. I just, I, I just <laughs> don't fucking I just lump remember me last in year, with Bill fucking Maher. I, How dare you? I just remember I, I remember last year he was all like, oh, these sad dramas at the Oscars, and that's just kind of what it sounded like. Um, I mean, I'm sad yeah. drama out. Last year was especially bad for this. I felt like every nominee was a sad drama. It's not all. That's literally like that. the argument of his of that piece that he did. So, um, Well, I didn't uh, see it, like, so I can't speak Looks like Real it. Time's got a new guest on at Fridays on HBO. God anyway. damn it. Um, <laughs> but he would like the Suicide Squad because he hates comic book movies. So, well, you guys, you're, it's not a perfect relationship, okay? Or what can I tell you? Not a perfect analogy. Uh, well, uh, yeah, it probably would be. Um, anyway, he likes watching like a happy film, so you can watch a happy film with them. Um, mm, that's and a I happy think, song, baby. And I think that uh, this movie is. I, I really <laughs> love that. See how that transition was? Um, he tried so hard I, there. I really think that this is a, just like. At first, I was just looking forward to it because this was the one movie I missed an opportunity to see at Sundance, um, and and I and I loved it, and I just thought that it does very conventional things in an unconventional way, yeah. And it's conversations like around a dinner table or just within family. It's all different because of the situation that this family, you know, this. Uh, mostly, you know, deaf family with this one person that. Uh, is not hearing impaired and the burden of, of stress on her shoulders as well as her dreams. And it's that balance between family and chasing your goals or what you want to do. And I think for the most part, as I was watching the film, I really was enjoying it. And then all of a sudden about 20 minutes left to go in that film. Uh, I can't tell you what it was. I can't tell you uh, maybe it, I need to watch it again to find the specific points. Uh, maybe it was uh, there's a scene uh, on a pickup truck and I think that might have been it I uncontrollably sobbed oh that scene got me too I know exactly what you're talking about and that wrecked me yeah I don't really sob that hard like I'll shed a tear or two maybe I mean I was it was like I hadn't cried that hard since Toy Story 4 when I was an emotional wreck at the end of that movie uh, to the point where I had to finish the cry in the car on the way home um, and it was pretty bad. Um, but, and I think that that that's not an indictment on the film. That's just like, I guess me. Um, but I love this film. I think it's one of the best of the year so far. I'd love to see it stay in the awards conversation. I don't know because of the release date and also because of Apple, what they're capable of, but if they're able to get nominations, they're able to get in the room and they're able to, you know, land, this could be, sort of like a Minari situation where people fall in love with it. 
um, the 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 minute they see it. It's very crowded. It is. Uh, it is my number two and it is my number two in best picture and my predicted winner in whatever screenplay category it ends up being nominated. It's in. very, it it's it it's very accessible for audiences. And it, it could easily it could, with it. There's a there's a world where it very easily is a picture screenplay supporting actress winner. Sound. Sounds a possibility, but Sound, they could also yeah. go much bigger. Yeah, I know, but you know, they just went with subtle work last year. I mean, if it gets a under the radar nomination, under the below the line nomination, under the radar, Jesus, like I own a website, uh, that is a good sign. But we're ways off from that. Mitch, do it up, and then we got games. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll just go quick. I think, I mean, I like it. I, I'm a little bit less high on it than a lot of people are. I think just the like familiarity of it is a little bit like too uh pedestrian for me it like didn't like pop as much i suppose but i mean the emotion is all there like i as ryan just said i sobbed during it i think the acting is tremendous i think that it balances drama and comedy phenomenally well i think my my biggest um hesitation with it at sun because i saw it at sundance like joey did and my biggest hesitation was the fact that at sundance you know people who were seeing it not a lot of people in the deaf community were seeing it so i was a little bit worried that maybe when people within the deaf community saw it that it would be one of those things that like represents a marginalized group but it's like being championed and like held up on this pedestal by people not in that group you know what i mean and like so i just kind of wanted to see like wait and see how the deaf community responded to it before making my opinion about it really. But now that it's out and more people are seeing it, the deaf community is absolutely championing it. Um, Julian Singleton is a critic that I follow on Twitter who is a CODA himself and absolutely loved it. Gave it a five out of five, their favorite movie of the year. Um, So the fact that it is representing this community and also being seen as a representation of this community in a really respectful and honest way. I think, I think, you know, even if I'm not as high on it as other people are, everybody should go see it. I completely agree that if, as long as people see it, it'll be a huge, like awards player. Like I can't imagine that you watch this movie and don't want to nominate it for at least some awards, you know? So as long as Apple can get people to be watching it consistently and pushing it like to the end of the season i i totally agree that it'll be kind of like the minari kind of thing where it can just get this groundswell of support underneath it as long as they can get people to be watching it time will tell in the meantime did armin white like coda no i'm kidding um (laughs) no but we can do a quick uh we'll do a quick three hit of armin white because uh mitch actually has a year he wants to do uh that we want to do for um Sort of Not a, what we did last week. A spinoff. Because Steve isn't here, but a Golden Globe spinoff. Um, but quickly, we'll do a uh, Armin White or Wrong or however we're, <laughs> we're doing it. Wrong, wrong or White. Wrong or White. Yeah. Armin Armin Wrong or Right. They both sound racist. Either um, way, they fit the, the character yeah. that we're talking about. Yeah. Well, first up, did Armin White like Respect? Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, I don't think so, right? Ryan? Yeah. Hudson's acting lacks the emotional focus and conviction that made Franklin a phenomenon even among her gospel and R&B peers. He did not like it. Did Armin White like Ferris Bueller's Day Off? That's an interesting one. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's, it's his ultimate white fantasy. Sure. (laughs) Um... 
I don't know. It's about rebellious kids bucking tradition. I, I, oh, that's true. I feel like he. I feel like he relates to the Jeffrey Jones character. So I'm gonna say no. <laughs> Jeffrey Jones or the Jeffrey Jones character? Both. <laughs> oh, oof, hot take. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I guess I'll guess no. That's a really hard one to gauge. Um. I'll guess no. The most compelling of all John Hughes movies. Wow. It's the one that cuts through the typical adolescent sentimentality in his popular 16 Candles in the Breakfast Club to reveal a truth about American cultural values that we don't want to work. Yeah, what's that truth? Again. I don't understand that take. His ultimate white fantasy. Uh Uh-huh. One more and then we'll we'll do Mitch's uh, Golden Globe here. Did Armin White like Annette? Oh. 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 Oh no! Um. Ooh, that's tricky. Actually, does he? That gener- is very tricky. Does he generally like musicals? I don't know that does we. Does he generally on that. like or foreign films or any number of things here? Well, sure, I but think I we... think that because if he hates musicals carte blanche, then it's you know case closed. But if he, I mean, the gay man like... not liking musicals—that's that's a travesty. Well, here I'll give you I'll give you two bits of information. Two of his other uh, foreign reviews recently were Mandibles, the uh, Quentin. Uh, is it the Pew movie? He liked Dupuis. Mandibles, Dupuis, and he did not like Mama Weed, the um, mm. the movie with uh, what's her face from Isabelle Luper. Yeah, exactly. So make of that what you will. Um, I'm gonna say he did not like it. Ryan, mm. it does really. Um... To all the spoilers out there, and I know Mitch likes the movie too. I think it's okay. Um, I didn't love it. I think that it is a damnation on media and how we consume mm-hmm. it. And so I think that he will love it. Oh, that's interesting. Because the angle that I was thinking was that it's very critical. It's like very much of like the Me Too movement and like tackling like toxic oh, yeah, masculinity and like abusive men and stuff so i was thinking he might not like it, like it because but, of that there's but also who like knows what he's gonna focus on but there's but yeah, also yeah, too so that movie i will saying, say his pull quote does not focus on that i mean mitch okay. that movie does talk about pretty much all of what we just said <laughs> yeah and, and and everything so it that's why this is this is tough yeah. but i can see where you're going with yeah like miles said it's like it's it's a matter of what he chooses to focus on he's very narrow <laughs> um i'll because Joey said that the poll code does not focus on that part of it, I'm going to say then that he liked it because maybe Ryan's going in the right direction with it. He says, Carrick's has got what it takes. His sense of beauty and <laughs> wow. his sense of beauty and romance rivals those high art practitioners Hans Jürgen uh, Cyberberg and Lars von Trier. Wow. Oh, he Armin White, finally on the right track. Me and him totally agreeing. There we go. <laughs> Isn't that movie about like a toxic relationship? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's, yeah, that that's, tracks. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, what a great romance. Uh, <laughs> it's not the only thing that it's about or has, you know what I mean? No, I still I still haven't so, seen it. I'm waiting for it to be streaming. We're going to we're going to wrap up with um it's just, a mm. Golden Globe thing and then you're going to hear Steve and I talk about Shang-Chi. So, we're going to do a Golden Globe year. And uh upon special request, we're doing the 68th Golden Globe Awards, which you will understand why as we do it. <laughs> First up, same rules as last week. 
uh, what was then called best foreign language film, and I guess still is at, at the Globes. Who knows? Inner Better World wins. Other nominees, if you're not keeping it, Beautiful, The Concert, The Edge, and I Am Love. Miles Ryan Mitch. Uh, definitely keep it. In a Better World is one of the better foreign language films I saw just within that stretch of time. Oh, what were the nominees again? I'm sorry. In a Better World, Beautiful, The Concert, The Edge, I Am Love. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep it in there. Not really high on any of these films, sorry. Yeah, I I think it's like one of those categories where it's like they're all good, but I don't think any of them are particularly great. I do think In a Better World is the best out of them, though, so I would say keep it. Yeah, no argument here. Also, speeding things along. Uh, also, best animated feature, I think we can all say at the same time. Uh, Toy Story 3 won. Do I even need to read the other nominees? Just out of curiosity. Uh, Despicable Me, How to Train Your Dragon, The Illusionist, and Tangled. Yeah, keep it. Keep it. Yeah, keep it. I actually like two of the other ones better, but it's... But you lost anyway, so... Mitchell? Yeah, exactly. Mitchell? I like Where How to Train Your Dragon, and I love The Illusionist, but I mean, Toy Story 3 is good, so... It's, it's, a good, it's a good category other than Despicable Me. All right. Mm-mm. Best original song. Can we skip this one? <laughs> no, we should, because it's awful, but we have no choice. Uh, you Haven't Seen the Last of Me from Burlesque Wins. You haven't if you want to, If you want to recall it, you've got Bound to You from Burlesque. Coming Home from Country Strong, which, if I'm correct, isn't the Country Strong song in Country Strong? No, because that's... Because I'm Country Strong. I know that's that. Hard to handle. Um yeah. <laughs> I see the light from Tangled, and there's a place for us from the Chronicles of Narnia, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. A movie that did not exist <laughs> until you just said it. That is a rough <laughs> category. Oh, man. You released the Kraken on that one. Are we are we letting Burlesque continue to have a Golden Globe? What won the Oscar? That's a good question. That year. Uh, Toy Story 3, I think, won. Oh, uh, yeah. not even nominated here. Movie? Yeah, that tracks. Uh, how yeah. is that not nominated? Because it's the Globes and they're awful. Yeah, yeah they got. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say uh, recall it. Okay. I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to take it away from Cher and have the gay community come after me. I'll keep it. Um, I mean, I'll I'll recall it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll re- I'll, yeah, I'll recall it. It's they're all bad. They're all I love bad. that only one, only two of the songs have even like Wikipedia hyperlinks. Like two of the songs. <laughs> Three of the songs just don't exist to the internet. Including What's the interesting winner. is that the Country Strong one was nominated. I'm looking at the Oscar nominees because I was just curious. That one was nominated. So the Oscar, yeah, We Belong Together from Toy Story 3 won the Oscar. And then the other nominees of the Oscar were Coming Home from Country Strong, I See the Light from Tangled, which is nominated The Globe, and then If I Rise from 127 Hours. Which I guess I would have picked. Yeah. Um, so I guess we're recalling. So, Miles, what do you vote for? Um, the problem is we have ties with four people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I give it to the Tangled song, but it's very much the best of a bad bunch. Sure. I'm gonna let it. I'm gonna let it stay with you. Haven't seen the last of me because I'm not giving anything else to Disney. All right, Mitch. Uh, yeah, the the Tangled one, I guess, out of the options. Um. Sure, why not? I was gonna say Country Strong, but I guess it would still, Tangled would still win with two votes, so it doesn't exactly. matter. There you go. Um, whatever. Moving on quickly. <laughs> Best original score. We don't have. I to gotta imagine this one. one's pretty cool. We're gonna stay. Uh, Reznor and Ross win for the Social Network. 
Uh, other nominees, uh, Desk Law for the King's Speech, Danny Elfman, Alice in Wonderland. Wow. Oof. I think, we're starting to, I think we're starting to realize why Mitch picked this year. Um, A.R. Rockman for uh, 127 Hours and Hans Zimmer for Inception. Yeah, I can. Oh, that's mm. rough, isn't it? See, my, my first instinct was to leave it with Reznor and Ross because they do great work with Social Network, but I really love that Inception score. I'm going to say Recall just to see what everyone does. Right. No, it's it's Reznor and Atticus Ross's best I, score. I, no. I think it's I wonderful. Think, uh, Dragon Tattoo is a oh. better score. Interesting, Mitch. Oh. Oh. Um, I like I I do like um the Inception score, but yeah, the Reznor and Ross one. I literally like have that and play it in my car like regularly. Um, so, so it's it's one of my favorite scores ever. So yeah, I'm gonna keep it as well. So it stays. Okay, I love the screenplay the one. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Mm-hmm. I, I, oh I, I, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah, for sure. But screenplay I mean, and Inception's great. But screenplay, Aaron Sorkin wins for the Social Network. If we're recalling, you got Simon Beaufoy and Danny Boyle for 127 hours, Stuart Blumberg and Lisa Childenko for the Kids Are All Alright, Christopher Nolan for Inception, and David Seidler for the King's Speech. Uh, leave it. Definitely Social Network, one of the best scripts of the last decade, or that decade, I guess. Yeah, it's not even close. Agreed. Leave it. Agreed. Leave it. Yeah. <laughs> Director. Fincher wins for the social network. I know we all are fine with it. However, if you recall, your options are Aronofsky for Dip for Black Swan, Tom Hooper for the King's Speech, you better fucking not, um, Christopher Nolan for Inception, and David O. Russell for The Fighter. It's the Oscar five of them. No. Yes? <clears throat> nope. No, Nolan didn't Nolan, get in Nolan Oh, that's right. Nolan. Yeah, that's Coens. right. That's bullshit that Nolan didn't get in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the that's, I really like that uh, that five, actually. That's a, that's a this solid This five is line. better than the Oscar five. Um, yeah, what was the one that the Oscars did instead? They didn't do Nolan, and they did the Coens instead. For, for True, True Grit. True Grit. Which is great. Oh, I, mean, I, don't, great. I don't mind that. Over I Inception? Liked, I would have liked to see Over Nolan Inception. get in. I like True Grit. Kick Hooper out Drake and Cohen's then put in the Coens and we win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Take out or the one that Ho- won the Oscar. Take yeah. Hooper out yeah. and put in Derek. See in France. Or Ben Affleck. Ooh, see in France would have been good too. Yeah, I do like Blue Valentine. Uh, or Ben Affleck for the town. As far as this uh, lineup, I think Fincher stays. He should have won this Oscar, guys. He should have. Yeah, Globes were it's right. His, it's his and best I film. Hate, I hate. No, Zodiac's his best film. Zodiac's but, up there. But, well, Fair enough, Mitch. Well, yeah, yeah. Keep keep Fincher. Uh, just for argument's sake, I'll say Recall, just because I really love Aronofsky. But I probably would have stayed with Fincher. That's yeah. it. Like Aronofsky's so good, Fincher's so good, Nolan's so good. Like, and R- Russell's good too. Even though yeah. you know, obviously Russell, a terrible person. But I don't know. Black Swan hasn't aged well for me. I, re- I watched it last year, and I wasn't impressed with it. It moved down in my estimation. It moved from like a four star film to two and a half. It's probably right. still my favorite Aronofsky film. I don't know. Um, the Fountain for me. The Wrestler. Fucking hate oh, The Fountain. I love The Fountain. I love, I love the, the, the Wrestler. Fountain. Yeah, The Wrestler's great, too. I love The Wrestler. The, the, the Fountain, The Wrestler, Requiem, I think, are my top three. Uh, Requiem, The Fighter. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry. The Wrestler and uh, Mother. I love Mother. Ironically, was supposed to direct The Fighter. He should have directed The Fighter. It would have been great. Mm-hmm. I think he produced The Fighter. Yeah, he produced it. Yeah. Yeah. Supporting yeah. actress, Melissa Leo. Consider her. <laughs> all that she, cleavage uh, <clears throat> she wins for the fighter if you're recalling you can go Amy Adams for the fighter speaking of cleavage um, it was a very cleavagey movie apparently yeah. I, I guess in Boston you just middles of shirts are banned yeah they um, don't exist 
You can go Helena Bonham Carter for the King's Speech. You can go Mila Kunis for Black Swan or Jackie Weaver for Animal Kingdom. Ooh, let's recall. 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 Uh, sure, I'm fine with a recall. Uh, I'm going to say no, Jackie I'm... Weaver for sure. She's amazing in that movie. I'm going to say Amy Adams because she's the person in the fighter that gives the better performance of the supporting actresses. And All right. she's way better than Melissa Leo. Yeah, Leo is my least favorite like of these nominees. I do really love Weaver, but my my vote is actually the one award that I do I like the King's Speech. Um it's like a good movie, she not really, like a great movie, but I love yeah. Helena Bonham Carter in it. It is like the most like motherly like comforting kind of performance. It's like I just think that she is phenomenal in it. So I she's would definitely great. give it for her. Yeah, she's great. I'm going to say Mila Kunis just screw this all up. No, well shit. Wow. <laughs> So all we did was eliminate Melissa Leo. Yeah. Does anyone have a second choice that they would? Uh... I would go to. I would go to Jackie Weaver. I would go. To, I would go to Amy Adams. Jackie Weaver is my number two, so I would go to her. Yeah, I would say okay, Jackie, so I'm, Amy I'm, Adams was my number two. So I'll uh-huh. change my vote to Amy Adams from the first vote. So Amy Adams wins. Nope. <laughs> there we go. I don't know I'm not sure that's quite. That. I think. I think what we consensus made it uh, the three of us is that Jackie Weaver is winning this thing. Uh, Amy Adams wins. Moving on. Uh, Christian Bale for the fighter wins supporting actor. Um, I, I my my initial instinct was to recall, but. It went in some weird directions here. Yeah, this um, next one is a very interesting. So nominee. I'm going to go out. This of is a very globe because movie. they have they okay. have two of the Academy nominees and Jeremy Renner for the town. Great nomination. Jeffrey Rush to King's Beach, whatever. Uh, someone who we expected to get in at the Oscars, but missed. Andrew Garfield for the Social Network. <clears throat> and then keeping in mind there were a lot of good supporting actors that year. <laughs> Michael Douglas, Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps. Fuck right so off. So weird. So, yeah. so, love so it. how we feel about Christian Love Man. it. Uh, out of those choices, although I do want to give special mention to Andrew Garfield and Social Network, I'm still going to leave it with uh, Christian Bale. Recall. Um, I'll do a recall just to see if we could talk about it a bit, but I don't know. Yeah, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do recall, but I, I may well still vote for Bale. So, yeah. Miles, you're going to vote for Bale again? Yeah, I'm sticking with Bale. All right, Ryan. I'm sorry, guys. I, I have to give it to Andrew Garfield. I thought you were going to say Michael Douglas. I thought, I thought, I'm so sorry, everybody, but Michael Douglas is performing. <laughs> but Wall Street Money Never Sleeps, great movie. No, um, Andrew Garfield's performance in that film, uh, you know, I did a retrospective piece last year for another site, and, and, I, and I watched it again because then we did a review about it over at Inceptionville. So I, I watched the film twice last year in its 10-year anniversary, and I think – the more and more I watch that film, the more I truly fall in love with Garfield's performance and, and feel immensely sad for the man. And yeah. he, you really connect with him more than you do Mark. Cause as, as the I movies age on in life, man, I was like, I don't Mark's Mark is, well, at the time people had sympathy for Zuckerberg. Now they don't because well, no, he's I mean, truly I, a monster. I, my joke was, I thought you meant you had sympathy for Andrew Garfield. I was like, he soon became, no, 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 his for character for Eduardo. Yeah, yeah, no, Eduardo, um, you, you yeah. feel bad for it. Like, yeah. he he just wanted to do a thing with his friend. Yeah, he got yeah. he got fucked. Um, and it's that that scene where he is just, where he's, where he's lawyer up, asshole. Um, it's, it's just one of the great all-time Sorkin scenes, too. But yeah, he, it, he delivers Sorkin Garfield del- very well. Yeah, he does it so well. It's, yeah, I mean... 
he should have won the Oscar. I'll, and I love Bale. Don't get me wrong. I I love Christian Bale in that film, but not necessarily um, his best performance. So. All right. I, I will say this. I think Andrew Garfield easily the best performance in The Social Network. I think he mm. stands out yeah. in a big way. Yeah. Though, so, I mean, Eisenberg is good. Eisenberg, Eisenberg not, is to, so not to speak little of anyone else, but yeah. I think that's the I mean, hell, I would have nominated Rooney. Too. I mean, I would have nominated Rooney Mara, too. I, I, I went. I went. Yeah, she's just great in like three great, scenes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean Timberlake. Like Timberlake's good. Too. Timberlake's good. good. Yeah, even actually, the even the even, even Hannibal the cannibal is very good, good in the film. Even even Josh Pence. Yeah. <laughs> See, I figured out how to get around that. Josh Pence um, is very good. Yeah. Um, listen, uh, dating you is like dating a stairmaster. I love, <laughs> love that line, uh, Mitch Wavon. Yeah, I I mean it's a really good category. Like I I love Bale in the Fighter. He's definitely going. It's Bale going big, like he does sometimes, which I know some people aren't crazy about. But I I really like him in it. I I love Renner. Um, I love Jeffrey Rush too. Michael Douglas yeah, is Rush certainly is there. There. Um, I mean, depending on, depending on who you pick, what, what can go happen here? That's true. And I mean, if if John Hawks was here, it might be a different oh, story man, for Winter's right? Bone. Um, but I do nope, Michael Douglas instead. Michael Douglas instead. I I would say Garfield. I mean, he's just so good in it. Ryan Ryan, you know, said it all very well. Um, he really is like Thank the you. heart of that movie. And he had Never Let Me Go the same year, which I think he might be even better. In. Oh, he's he's so good in that movie. Um, so, yeah, I would, too. I would go Garfield on Social Network. Uh, I'll go Renner. So Garfield wins. Right. I'm not mad at that. Yeah, it was. It w- really wasn't gonna be a bad one. Yeah, Except no matter for where we went with those, yeah, but we were never doing that, and I don't think yeah, Andrew Rush Garfield, the Dark Knight of uh, this category. <laughs> All right, Jesus. this is actually going to be a very interesting one because we're getting into the comedy categories. Yes, and there's some crap, but there's also good stuff. Is the thing? It's so, so weird. Uh, actress and that Benning wins for the kids are all right. So you could also go Julianne Moore. The kids are all right. So you can you figure out what you like there. You also have Anne Hathaway for Love and Other Drugs. I'll go to the Matt for that movie. I like it. I love really like that movie. Yeah, it's great. Love and Other Drugs, yeah, Drugs yeah. is great. Yeah, Easy like A, Emma Stone, great movie. But then also you got Angelina Jolie for The Tourist. It's a great <laughs> movie. <laughs> One of the best well, comedies ever. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say movie? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> hmm? uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do a recall. Recall. Recall for me as well. Yeah, recall. Just because. Let's. This is the Gavin Newsom of elections. Let's just sorry, see Annette Benning. <laughs> sorry, Annette Benning. We just take away take, take it away from have. her. God, she finally get, get something. <laughs> All right, uh, Miles. Um, it's an interesting lineup for sure. Um, that said, I just blanked out. I the, the two from Kids Are All Right were and uh, Angelina Jolie. What were the other two? Emma Stone and. Anne, Anne Hathaway, Hathaway. for Love and Other Drugs. Yeah, I actually really like Anne Hathaway and Love and Other Drugs, and I like that movie a lot in general. I think I have to give it to Emma Stone for Easy A, though, because what a star-making performance that was. Mm. Fair. Yeah. Ryan? Um, one, um, the the two ladies from The Kids Are Alright, I'm sorry, but that's not a comedy. Um, it, just because it's shot mostly outside in light does not make it a comedy. Like, I don't laugh a lot with that film. It's It's... Especially in the back half of that film, very much a drama, and um, but and I think Julianne Moore is better than Annette Bening in that film. They just you know wanted to finally get her an Oscar. Um, I agree with Miles though. Emma Stone, if we're talking about comedy, 
best actress in a comedy emma stone for sure in this in this role and that's who i would give it to fair yeah it's interesting if you're if you're making that distinction with like it being specifically in comedy because i mean love and other drugs like it it is also gets very serious yeah like there is more comedy in it but it is it's a heavy movie and the the reason i mean i'm gonna go with anne hathaway here and the reason that i go with her is because i just think it's the best performance out of the five and like she, I mean, she brings me to tears every single time I watch that movie, which I agree with um, Joey. And I think Miles said it too, that it's, it's a really good movie. I think it's really yeah. underrated and it, it Made holds my top up. 10 that year. I, yeah, I think it's just probably just, out, it's a strong year. So it's probably just outside of mine, but it's a great movie. And I think she's, it's one of her best performances. I'm going to go with Anne Hathaway. So we're two and two. Uh-oh. Who do we, so... Well, that's Let's tricky because she would have been my number two. <laughs> yeah. No, Julianne Moore would have been my number two. But Okay. So so let's go with number two votes. So we got Anne Hathaway gets a, a number two vote. Julianne Moore gets a number two vote, but she won't have any. She was, She's out. Um, Mitch, what would your number two vote have been? Emma? No, nah, Julianne Moore would have been my number two. Oh, mm-hmm. so. And I would have gone Emma. So we would have been. Let's figure that out then. So that would have been <laughs> an extra vote for Emma. Two, it just would have been a three-way tie then. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the exact same. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, you know what? The Globes do ties. So uh, Anne Hathaway and Emma Stone tie. There we go. Perfect. Problem solved. Uh, actor. Paul Giamatti, one of the big upsets, wins for Barney's version, which, spoiler alert, I think is a phenomenal movie. Also not a comedy. Not a comedy. <laughs> very much not a comedy. Not a comedy. <laughs> very, very sad tearjerker with a couple of funny lines in it. Like, not even but, close um, to a comedy. <laughs> Good but is a, is a great movie. Yeah. Like, yeah, really underappreciated indie. It's yeah, like, like has, has some the only really reason they put it lines. in this, the only reason they put it in this category is to finally give him something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, which makes Fair. me wonder if what we're going to do here. Uh, other nominees, you have, uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. You have, uh, you have uh, Kevin Spicy for Casino Jack. Oh, God. <laughs> That's a movie I Jack, forgot existed. For Jack Abramoff. Yeah, wow. you have uh, Jake Gyllenhaal in Love and Other Drugs. You have Johnny Depp in The Tourist. Oh. And you have Johnny Depp in Alice in Wonderland. Oh, crazy. Wow. What, the great, what a great lineup. Oh, five, five nominees. One of them is Kevin Spacey, and two of them are Johnny Depp. Incredible. Three of the five nominees are arguably sex pests. <laughs> oh, God almighty. All right, well, recall. That's Never neat. change Hollywood Foreign Press. Three set. <laughs> Three sex pests and one that doesn't like to shower. Recall. Uh, I, I'm gonna say keep. So I, Mitch, it's up to I'll, you. Say, I'll say recall to open it up, but I think I might end up leaning with Giamatti. But I'll see what. Yeah. I mean, I guess if right. if Ryan and Miles are recalling, we probably know which one they're going with out of the five. Jalen Hall, I hope. <laughs> Miles. Uh, yeah, it's Jalen Hall for me for sure. Uh, only because I haven't seen Barney's version, so I don't feel comfortable giving it to mm. it. But uh, I love Paul Giamatti in general. But out of those questionable choices, uh, yeah, I'm going Jalen Hall for sure. I think it's actually, you like Barney's version. Yeah, I mean, Miles, it's an introspective look at the character of Barney and his version of things behind the camera of the television show. So, no, that's death to Smoochie. Uh, it's it, this is the art house elevated version of Death to Smoochie, Barney's version. Didn't make a Rob Williams list. Oh, I just want to see if like I just want to see if Miles is like, is that right? Uh, no, <laughs> I, I, I've heard of uh, Barney's version. I know what it is. Okay. 
Yeah, like isn't Dustin Ho- Dustin Hoffman in that too? Right? Yeah, he's also great in it. I would have nominated him supporting actor that year. Rosamund Pike's in it too. Very good. Yep. Yeah, let's say, um, yeah, it's Jillian Hall. I actually really love his performance in that, and it's, um, like I mean, just look at the man in that movie too. By the way, I mean, yeah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, How many times so, did you pause yeah. that movie? I couldn't pause it in the theater, but my mind took mental. But pictures. you got ejected from the theater about twenty-five <laughs> minutes in. You're right. You're not wrong. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, it's really good. He's really good in it. So here's my question: If Mitch and I were to go Paul, and you guys go Jake, who's ba- who's moving? Yeah, I'm guessing. I'm guessing Mitch could also go Jake. I, I could go either way. Yeah, I do really. I genuinely really love both of these performances. Ryan, could you go either way potentially, or you have a strong preference? I mean, I think that there's only two ways you can go. About yeah. Well, here's <laughs> the thing. None of us Miles have a third choice here. Miles can't. Actually, switch. I will say this. I will say this. Uh-oh. To be fair. Oh God. Uh oh. Oh no. I don't think Johnny Depp is terrible in The Tourist. Ooh, agree. I agree just think disagree. that. <laughs> I just think that the film is not very good. I'll, I'll go Paul Giamatti, but I'll allow us to switch to Jake Gyllenhaal in the tiebreaker. Or keep a tie. You know what? Keep a tie. I think that's that true. one's we a just did tie. Do a tie, yeah. And that's a good tie, yeah. Uh, also, we're running along. Uh, actress in a drama, Natalie Portman wins for Black Swan. If you're recalling, Halle Berry for Frankie and Alice, which I bet you don't know exists. I don't even know if that got like a proper release ever. It got, uh, it escaped more than released. <laughs> uh, Nicole Kidman for Rabbit Hole, <clears throat> Jennifer Lawrence for Winter's Bone, and Michelle Williams for Blue Valentine. Damn, there's some good performances in here. Um, yeah. I'll say recall to keep it interesting, but I may end up sticking with Natalie Portman. Yeah, it is a really good category with better performances than the winner, so recall. <laughs> I'll I'll say recall just to see what happens. Yeah, I'll say recall, see what happens. Miles, oh crap, what's well, on me first? Um, mm-hmm. Always is how we've I, been I doing this whole game. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. Um, you can keep her; it's fine. I do like Portman. I do like Williams. Nicole Kidman's really good in Rabbit Hole. That might be the last performance that I genuinely loved of hers. Um, Correct. Mm, true. Uh, not Halle Berry, but what was the last one? Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. Lawrence. Yeah, she's so good in that too. Um. Mm-hmm. Damn. Again, um, on the winner. I don't know. I give a lot of love to all these ladies. I think I am going to stick with Natalie Portman, though. All right, Ryan. Michelle Williams was fucking robbed mm-hmm. of this season, and I will not fucking take any other questions. This is bullshit. <laughs> it's such a good performance. It's so raw. It's so emotional. It's darkly funny, even at times. Just God, that movie rules. Yep, and her her child molester joke is phenomenal. Yes, so good, I've used that before. Yeah, uh, Rab- Rabbit Hole, is fantastic Nicole Kidman performance. I agree. Just, I agree. Are we, are we backing up that you're going with Michelle Williams? Yes, I'm going right, with Michelle Williams. Sorry, <laughs> okay. I didn't mean to go. Um, it's just I love Kidman in that one too. Right. Lawrence Mitch? is fine. Yeah, I, I love I love Michelle Williams. I love Nicole Kidman, but my vote is for Natalie Portman. I think I maybe it hasn't held up as well for Ryan and maybe some other people. I don't, I've heard, I've kind of heard that that like Black Swan doesn't hold up super well for some people, but I still love it and I think Portman is amazing in it. So that would be my vote. Portman and Williams are my one A one B. So I'll go Williams. We have a tie. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Just tying all, all of that categories. I know. Um, Colin Firth wins for the King's Speech. Oof. 
sure. Um, no issue. But do we like better performances? You have Jesse Eisenberg in The Social Network. You have James Franco in 127 Hours. You have Ryan Gosling in Blue Valentine and Mark Wahlberg in The Fighter. Uh, I'll say Recall. 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 We can Recall. Yeah. All right, Miles. Uh, out of this lineup, I'm going with Jesse Eisenberg. All right. It's still his best right. performance. I love Eisenberg. Don't get me wrong. And Colin Firth should have won for a single man. Yes. Not for agreed. King speech. Because uh, single man fucking rules. Um, but um, no. Ryan Gosling should have won for Blue Valentine because yeah. he didn't get enough credit as well for the for the wonderful uh, two performances that is that film. He's fantastic opposite Michelle Williams. He should have been nominated for an Oscar, too. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Also, shout out to... I will say this about Wahlberg. He was the one that didn't get an Oscar nomination either for The Fighter, and he's very good in that film as well. Yeah, some of, he's the, he's some of his best work. Yeah, I'm not a fan of 127 Hours. It's just a movie that's like, yeah, I get it. Just cut your arm off. It's an and, endurance movie. But, but, uh, but Eisenberg is very good in Social Network for sure. Just those three performances way better than The King's Speech. Fair enough. Mitch? Yeah, I, I really like Colin Firth in The King's Speech, but I agree. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah, give him the Oscar. And obviously they were partly giving to, I, you know, you mentioned Jeremy Irons earlier, who kind of won the Oscar for Reversal of Fortune because they felt bad about not nominating him for Dead Ringers. And like, mm-hmm. it is kind of a similar thing where like he was very clearly the number two for a single man. And they were like, well, just we'll give it to him this year because he was gave he? another good performance for a single man. Uh- Two or three. All right, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say Clooney. Clooney, Clooney yeah, was Clooney there. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, true. But yeah, so he was kind of in in the conversation at least, where they were like, "Oh, Colin Firth's really good. He deserves like an Oscar." Um, mm-hmm. So they just wanted to give him one. And I do. I like Gosling. Blue Valentine. Weirdly for me is a movie that for Ryan with Black Swan. Blue Valentine hasn't aged super well with me, but Fair. I do think the performances are really good. Um, but I would go with Jesse Eisenberg for this. And I'm going with Gosling. We have another tie. God, Incredible. <laughs> All right, Steve, musical or comedy. Yeah. <laughs> this is what it's proving. Um, there will not be a tie in musical or comedy. Um, the Kids Are Alright wins. Not a comedy. But keep in mind, this is truly the Gavin Newsom of choices. Because if you do recall, your options are Alice in Wonderland, Burlesque, Red, and The Tourist. Tourist. Hold on, give me those again. Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> burlesque. Red, retired and extremely dangerous, and the tourist. <laughs> I might like Red the most out of that group. Red is kind of fun. Red, Red is the only one of that four that's not actively terrible. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really care for the kids are all right to be honest. Um, oh boy. I'll say recall. I'll see what happens. All down. All right. Recall. Oh shit. Okay, we can recall. See what happens. Uh, I'm gonna say stay because I'm not crazy. But fine. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, I'm out of these options, I'm giving it to Red. I kind of think Kids Are All Right is overrated. All right. By the way, also, shout out to Mark Ruffalo's performance in The Kids Are All Right. Just are we going to have like another an fucking like, tie? Jesus absolute Christ. Absolute snack. Uh, no. Red, baby. Oh, Red's good. Red's funny. Red's got Helen Mirren and... Um, Red's wildly mediocre. Um, John Malkovich. John Malkovich doing... Movie. Yeah, what's his fit? Brian Cox. Two. Mary um, Louise Parker. Richard Dreyfus. Oh god, Mitch, are you one of these people too? 
I so I do like it, I do and do I it. like Red. What's interesting to me is that it's actually a comedy. They nominated Emma Stone and Easy A, but they didn't nominate Easy A yes, for right? a musical or comedy. If Easy A over, was in here, I would give it to that. No, or like, Love I mean, and Other Drugs, guys, or, or Barney's version, drugs. over or Barney's the version. Alice you know what? Well, I mean, maybe last. they did watch The Tourist and laugh so much they're like, "This got to be a comedy, right?" No, they got right. flown to Paris. Is what happened. Yeah, yeah. that's no. That's um, true. but no, my my vote. So I mean, I think we are gonna tie because my vote is for the kids all right i do enjoy red but i like kids are all right oh god we tied again <laughs> i'll you know what i'll switch there we go there i'll we go. keep Sad it to the kids are all right um god all right it. sorry and then, sorry miles it's okay to wrap up the social network wins drama just know we were team red the whole time all right, if buddy? we recall black swan the fighter inception the king speech uh it is a very good lineup but if social network wins i'm keeping that Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Social Network's one of the most important films of the last decade. I'm not taking wins away from it. Yeah, I like all five of these movies. I love, I do really love Black Swan, but I think Social Network for sure is the win. Yeah, Black Swan would be my second choice, but the Social Network wins. Inception so would go. be my second choice. Cool. Awesome. Well, mm. we did it. All right. So, Steve and I have the breaking Marvel news to do, which actually uh, this comes right on the heels of them finally announcing Captain America 4 is going to be Anthony Mackie and news we all knew was going to happen. We have seen Shang-Chi and uh, reviews will be up soon, but we can talk about it. So, uh, Steve, you could start us off. What did, uh, since you were not able to be a part of the full episode, so there's been less of you than normal. Not that everyone can tell. Um, no, what uh, what did you think of Shang Chi and the light, and the and the Ten Rings? Don't forget yeah, about the all ten, rings. yeah, all ten of them. So, yeah, I, I knew nothing going in. I honestly was not that impressed with the, the trailer. I know a lot of people were. I thought it was fine. It wasn't anything special. When I had the opportunity to go see it, I was I was excited to see it because it was a Marvel film and because it was new. Um, and that, but after the last two f- superhero films I'd seen, I was let down by those and kind of worried that I lost my love of superhero films. Like it was, hmm, I don't know, maybe this is it. Maybe I'm hitting that point. And I'm glad to say that is not the case. Uh, this totally revived my, my energy, my, my love for the, the genre. I thought it was from beginning to end entertaining, um, the performances were great. The casting was great. The The tone was one of the best, I think, in, in all of Marvel. Um, somewhere, I don't even know where it fits in, but it, it, uh, it fit yeah, in a good balance. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a Guardians, like, or a Thor Ragnarok yeah. comedy, but it's one of yeah, their funnier. definitely one of their funnier. So when I I went with my daughter, and, and she's watched all the Marvel films, she loved it. Yeah. But she said to me, "You were laughing so much." I'm not a big laugher in films, so I guess uh, the humor really is there, yeah. and that's a great thing because I wasn't expecting it. The way they, you know, the use of Aquafina and yeah, she's and I haven't ever liked her really as a as a yeah, same here. for the most part. Like I yeah, I'm like I like she's not not that she's bad. It's just. Nothing I'd seen her in. Like she's good. Farewell's in Farewell, fantastic. Obviously. I love the farewell. No, yeah, none of none of the like more overtly comedic roles have gotten me yet. I guess is the best way to say it. I hadn't seen like why she was a big star, but this one, this is great. She's perfect in it. I like that they they didn't use her just as comic relief. That's what I expected. I was like, oh, Aquafina's in it. She's gonna be in there 
delivering yeah. one-liners. No, they developed her character and her connection with Sean, and they had a really great chemistry between them, but they also both evolved in, in, uh, as characters. Yeah, and they don't feel like they have to keep them tied at the hip in order to like have a scene happen. Like There is a the climax of the movie, which we'll talk around a little bit, even though I will say that's the one mm-hmm. part of the movie I'm not wild about. It, 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 there is still a little bit of like a Marvel CGI monster nonsense yeah, yeah. towards the end, but at least it's something you haven't seen before. But they find a re uh, a way and a reason to separate her that actually is good for her character development. Like she has to deal to her own thing during this big giant fight, and they planted and the seeds pretty- early on with her uh, around in the in the kitchen with her family yeah. to already set her up from the, from minute one that she wasn't just there for for comedy and. And it worked. And I thought that yeah. I think that's one of the many things that worked in the film is because her dynamic, that chemistry between her and what do you call him? Sean or Sean Chi? I mean, so in the movie, he's it's actually a joke in the movie that so his his name is Shang Chi, but he's living in America under the name Sean. And and Aquafina's character, Katie, actually does mock him when she finds out it's like you moved to hide from your father and change your name from Shang to Sean, it's like moving, and your name was Gina, and now you're named China. It, they they did find a way to like be like, yeah, it's a little silly. He's like, I was 14. Um, yeah, the humor is very fun, and there's an amazing callback at the end that I won't spoil. But and I thought that's another thing that worked is are some of the callbacks throughout. They knew how to set up a joke, and they knew how to continue a joke, and they knew how to really land. There were two moments where I had to have been the la- the loudest person in the theater. Just like, you know, just barking out a laugh yeah, no, because there's, I was there's like, a couple this big laughs. So funny on but, those moments. Yeah, but lest you think it's a comedy, like overtly comedy, I, I also think this is, um, and there's nothing. This is not overtly spoilerish. I think it's fair because I'm not going to say what it is, and I may I may still be wrong, but I do think there is a moment in the film that you'll probably know what I'm talking about, and when people see it, they'll know that I think is setting up Kang. Which is another thing I liked about it. It was that they're laying some groundwork and connecting some of those wires that I was like, when does it start to feel like something, the whole phase four, that feels like something that's bigger, but yet not as orchestrated? Well, because they can't, they can't, they can't just slowly move Thanos yeah. towards them anymore. Because that was, you know, how many movies did we see? Was it the Avengers was the reveal, right? Of him sitting on the throne. And then... It was another two or three movies, and then whichever, I forget what random movie it was. I don't think it was even one that we thought of was super important. It could have been Guardians, maybe, where it's, I'll do it myself, and he puts on the the gauntlet. You know, they spent several movies building up to, like, Thanos is coming. So they have to do something with Kang. I like what they're doing, and I'm starting to be intrigued more, where I was like, Loki kind of ticked me off with the see you next season bullcrap. Well, Loki is... We had said before, like I, we'd always kind of hoped it was a lark, and it isn't. It's more of like connected in a bigger way. But doing it as a recurring thing also gives them a chance to do that as well. I think I think they'll get there, but we're getting we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, yes, Shang Chi. Yeah, I mean that's I think what the movie does well is it makes you, if you're someone like Steve, who is I think a little hesitant about well we're starting from scratch a little bit here with phase four and with a character we don't know much about like will i be as in, invested as i am you know when like thor love and thunder comes out and you're like okay i know exactly where i am in this and they do a very good job of making it a, 
a one-off, but it's clearly not. It even says Shang-Chi will return. And you want him to return is the thing. You you want more adventures with this character because he's, he's very yes. relatable, which is, I think, what the Marvel characters do at their best very well. They reflect a personality uh, trait. You know, DC is bigger on the emotion, and you know, especially now with the, like, the the Snydery stuff was always, you know, hero who doesn't want to be a hero, which is a way to do it. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. But, you know, Marvel was always a little brighter and, you know, it was very easy always to relate to Spider-Man and like the sarcastic aspect of Tony. Like there's, there's, there's something there and, and, and Shun being sort of having to confront his family, both for good and bad is I think something that they get a lot of mileage out of that makes him very relatable besides being an immigrant in America, besides being Asian in America, there's there. And none of it is really super overt, but there's just enough that they, they hint at like, yes, this is the real world. The point is Marvel is entertainment. Marvel is entertainment, but as we know, they do take place in the real world and they like to find a way to, to reference that. Even if it's just their real world, like they they reference the blip again here, but it's not like a, a line about the blip so much as, as like how it could impact personality. I thought that was that was pretty cute, um, and then just the way they they work in characters that you remember, and also just continuing the really good job of rehabbing things you don't like. You know, they made Thor: The Dark World matter with Endgame. God, I thought that would never happen. And uh, they they made you not hate Abomination quite as much as you used to here. They do a great job, like I said, just laying out and connecting this to the bigger world without without ever feeling like they cheated, without it ever feeling like that's all it's here for. Yeah. Because there's so much more going on. Now Shang-Chi is part of the MCU. Not that character who shows up in the background. Well, that was the one thing that I was the most curious about going in was how is he going to eventually be a part of everything? You know, is there a... Is there a cameo we don't know about? When you said relatable, I'm like, I don't think there's any more relatable uh, MCU character. There is a there is another character I don't want to bring up because they're not in the trailer, but they're phenomenal. And when you see it, I think a lot of people also agree that um, my new best friend needs to be Morris. Morris is fantastic. That's all I'm going to say. So one thing we didn't touch upon is the choreography. The fight choreography is uh, some of the best I've seen that I can remember. The first fight scene in this film, I thought, was one of the best in in all of Marvel, not just because of, uh, of the action and then the choreography, but how it expands on who these characters are. Um, I thought it was very clever, and it went on for quite a while, and I could have it could have gone on double the time because I was enjoying it so much. There's just so much to love here. Yeah, I'm not, and I'm not a huge martial arts person. I'm I'm it it very quickly. Bores is the wrong word, but the, you know, Crouching Tiger and Hero and, and um, House of Flying Daggers, whatever, whatever you want to show me as like your favorite in the genre, I appreciate them and they're beautiful, but the fight choreography by its nature tends to be very long and I, I, I lose interest very quickly in long fight choreography. I want like quick and dirty if I can. And and the fact that I didn't get bored with these scenes was, was a credit to them because I think they found the way to do Let's do those that type of fight choreography, but let's do it Marvel style. Let's let's keep it, you know, keep things moving in a way that, like, the closest example I can give is the way the Matrix did wire fights, 
but made them 30 seconds instead of 12 minutes. So you just got like, wow, this is awesome. Okay, it's over. There'll be more in a minute. And there's there's a couple of longer fights here, but they're not overly long. And the longest one here is still probably medium length at best, you know, in Crouching Tiger. I liked how they combined this kind of, kind of this connection to nature, this almost dance-like moves, and then true fight choreography where it wasn't where it felt like it felt like there was an actual fight going on because sometimes you see it where it looks like okay this is more of a dance this is more art but this is it had a good mix of kind of making this feel like something bigger and this history behind the the art of martial arts and the mythology and all and all that you know like you said there's a lot of martial arts films and i'm like you know, twenty minutes in, I'm like, okay, I've seen it. I don't, I don't want to see more fighting. This one, oh, yeah, and even, and even here they do. Like Tony Leung is great in this movie, and I, you know, when you heard like, oh, he's just going to be the real Mandarin, um, I was like, I hope they have more to do than just that, and and they do. Oh yeah, um, Michelle, Michelle Yeoh is great in this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's very well, and even uh, it's, it's a small role, but I think people have seen him even in the trailer, like um, Benedict Wong is uh is great um it's just it, it is it's one of i think the most easily pleasurable marvel movies mm-hmm. in a little bit yeah um, i thought it's gonna like, be more of a niche audience for this and i think it, i i'm so wrong i mean you know, that's what i originally felt you know what it is and they left thinking the it's that <clears throat> it's that they're kind of at their best with these characters that the general public, you know, John Q. Public, you know, Joe Sixpack, whatever the hell you want to call him, doesn't know at all. You know, like Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, they 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 do their best work, it seems, with the ones that you're that you're just like, really? Because you know, everyone knows Captain America, so there's pressure to get it right. But you know, the everything that's been so far a bigger swing. You know, I'll even throw in Black Panther. They they tend to do the best or even look at Thor Ragnarok where it got to the point where you're like, okay, Thor is kind of becoming the redhead stepchild of the MCU. Let's, let's fix this. Or even, you know, not, not in terms of not knowing, but Spider-Man coming off of three movies in a row. People weren't thrilled with, you know, Spider-Man three and both amazing Spider-Mans. They, they do their best when their back is a little up against the wall and, or they're given extra freedom because of the property. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what people think of this. Um, I, I, like I said, I was kind of nervous going in um, that I was going to be another film and I walked out of somewhat indifferent to or disappointed. And I've been thinking about this since. And I have... I'm, I'm just, the, the biggest disappointment is that I have to wait almost two weeks or over two weeks for other people to see it. And I have to kind of tiptoe around stuff because I think... Um, it's going to play really well, and I'm really excited to hear what my Marvel fans and, and uh, you know those types are going to say about this. Because a lot of people, like I said, were more hyped about it than I was, and I don't know if you can get more hyped than I am about this currently. I, I do agree there are some flaws in it, but the overall oh yeah, it could still like it could still lose a few minutes if you want yeah, to. Yeah, there's definitely some like in the, and the end, the third act. Third, yeah, yeah. The, the first act is fantastic. Second act is very good. The third act is pretty, pretty good. Fine. The third act reminds you more of it's a Marvel movie. Yeah, the third like, act feels. Like I would it has say to wrap up too much, but I think first they, they do a good job with it. Eighty minutes. I would say the first eighty minutes or so are great. Yes. 
and then the rest is solid. Uh, you, you, solid. I'd say a little better than solid, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, even at its worst, it's just you're like, okay, get 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 move this fight along. The non martial arts style fights are a little long winded. Yeah, there's one moment in the last third, which um, makes you forget all any flaws and is going to be one of the most talked about uh, moments, I think, in the history of Marvel. Maybe that's saying a lot, but I think uh, I think it exists. Interesting. And when we when we stop, you tell me uh, tell me what that is. I want to see if we're thinking of the same one. Uh, but yeah, we have I think two more weeks to go, two episodes to go before we can talk more about it because we need uh, everyone else to have seen it. But you should look forward to that because we're going to talk more about it. So let's let's move on. And thank you, Steve, for finding some time to do this. And yeah, look for look from. All right, I'm going to go now. Look for my review soon. And uh, now let's bring back in the guys. All right. Say where you can be followed. And um, yeah, whatever. But you're open-ended. Oh, you know what? You know what? I got a, what? I got one. I got a question, Joey, that everyone can end on. Okay. Since this past week, they announced that the Criterion Collection is going to be doing 4Ks. Miles, Mitch, Joey, myself, uh, tell us where they can find you and Give us a title that you want, either that's in the collection or that you want to be in the collection that will be on a 4K Criterion Collection um, mm. package. Debbie Does Dallas. There you go. There you go. Um, okay. I don't know that I have a strong opinion on that since I don't have a 4K TV, but I'll well, it's it better shot. than being Well, oh, it's better than being open-ended. It is, yes. Um, all right. God. So you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at MilesOnFilm. That's M-Y-L-E-S on film. Uh, please check out my short films, American Exorcist and Once Upon a Dracula. They're both on YouTube under Aftershock Pictures and Chase Capo. They're great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, 4K film for the Criterion Collection. Ooh, let me see. Um, I'm trying to think of something that's visually stunning. Uh, they added uh, Citizen Kane as one of the first ones, which I think is a cool choice. Mm-hmm. Um. You're not going Synecdoche, New York, just to have it in the collection? I mean, Yeah, that also does work, too. It should be Like, the piano got put in because, and it wasn't in the collection before. And so, I mean, they'll also do regular Blu-ray releases, I believe, as well with them. Not just 4Ks. Yeah, they're like combo packs right now, at least, the 4K and Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, You know what? No, I will go Synecdoche, New York. It's my favorite goddamn movie, and it deserves to be in the collection. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's a good choice. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan McQuaid seventy seven. You can find my work at Awards Radar and at In Session Film Awards Watch and Film Speak. Uh, also follow my other podcast uh, at Busting the Block. Busting the Block. Uh, Mitch has been on. We're going to have Joey on and Miles on down the he road. He keeps saying that <laughs> we're going to. We this just... is this is like when Paul Shear talks about Unspooled and I'm Jason Manzukis going really. Podcast about about good movies. I never heard of it. <laughs> Look forward to the Joey guest episode featuring uh, Welcome to Marwin. Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about burlesque. Um, are, we? are we? Are we? Here is share impression. Um, so um, I found someone. No. <laughs> there you go. Snap out of it. There, there you go. go. Snap out of it. Four um, K release. Okay, so. It's a movie that I've always wanted in the Criterion Collection. He's just going to say Moonstruck. It was released last month. Right? <laughs> no, it's not. It's now going to 4K. Um, it's, it's like literally one that I just feel 
you know, there are certain movies like you feel like should be in the Criterion Collection, like Once, right? Or um, like uh, a friend of ours, Gaspar Joe. Noe's Love. Yeah, no. Um, but like, or like the Curious Case, uh, or not Curious Case, but uh, the uh, assassination of uh, Jesse James by the Cow Robber. Did you almost say the assassination of Ryan? <laughs> no, like I just, you were saying your own. I name. almost got Curious Case of Benjamin Button in, in uh, assassination of Jesse James. The assassination James, of time. Curious George by the coward Ryan McQuaid. I've seen exactly. It. There you go. Um, but the one that I've always wanted in the Criterion Collection, and I love to see it on 4K, is uh, I'm not there. The, the Todd mm-hmm. Haynes film about uh, all the Bob Dylan music. Oh, like, that's a that good one. That to me. That to me is a movie destined because of like Inside Lewin Davis being in the collection. Like, and he does have other films. I know that like everyone would say, you know, Far From Heaven or they say Carol. But for me, like, that's a movie that I just would, I'd love to see a, a restoration of that movie. So, yeah, yeah. that's cool. my pick. Mitch. That's my favorite Todd Haynes movie, too. Yeah, um, it's so good. You can find me on Twitter at it is Mitchell. My letterbox is Mitchell. Um, I will say that <laughs> so original <laughs> <laughs> um, as something that I will know as I so I work for Letterbox as well and um, because Joey did just mention Debbie Does Dallas by the time this podcast airs something that we've been working on for the last like three months at Letterboxd um, so we're recording this on Sunday tomorrow on Monday on Letterboxd we are announcing the addition of about 1500 adult films that are now going to be on Letterboxd that you can like log and do whatever with so porn is now officially coming to Letterboxd perverts rejoice <laughs> Miles is so happy <laughs> Miles is, gonna, Miles is gonna look like he hasn't shaven in three days. He's just been on Letterboxd adding titles. He's like, you, gotta, you know, the you Suicide Squad's off. porn is better than the Dark Knight's porn. I will say that. The Spelugicide Squad? Yeah, the Spelugicide Squad. <laughs> so no everybody can enjoy that. No. Um, my For my 4K criterion, I'll say two movies that are so far only available on DVD that need to be... They're not even on Blu-ray, so I would love for Criterion to do them. One is Scorsese's After Hours, which is my favorite Scorsese movie. Um, And two is Catherine Bigelow's Strange Days. Mm. Oh, Oh, that's a good one. I I like you, Mitch. Coming soon to... Coming soon to the Criterion Collection, the ass assassination of Juggy Juggy James by the cuck Robert Whore. (laughs) what happens when i don't sleep enough um you can find me at joey magazine uh facebook twitter instagram letterbox um instagram snapchat all those things same with awards radar um do i be a dick and say something like elizabeth town or red state to join the 4k or do i say whatever you want it's whatever you want i truthfully want elizabeth town with all the stuff put back in it so i'm gonna go with that um i think movies with music really are like the ones but also too yeah. like been dying for them to i mean my ultimate thing as a criterion fan would be a robert altman box set i've oh, been dying yeah. for oh, them to do that and dr t and the women in 4k hell yeah you know what i mean um no but then like popeye in 4k and uh california split finally put on mm. fucking on a blu-ray uh stuff like that like uh brewster mcleod redone yeah. mash Stuff like that. Five and Dime, Jimmy Dean. Oh, see, okay, Mitch gets me. Mitch gets me. (laughs) I mean, listen, you. There's nothing wrong with what you're saying. I'm. I'm just saying you. You also have to include some less than stellar work in that. Well, no, I mean, like, 
it would be like the Bergman box set where not everything's per no, not everything in Ullman's set, you know, filmography is perfect, but uh there is still always something good to oh, find no, his, within the if if they don't have uh Preda Porter and Dr. T and the women and the company included, come on. Yeah, I want them all. Give me them all. If if that means I get all the masterpieces that the Quintet. man has. Yeah, 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 Quintet was bad. Uh, but, like, if, you know, at least it's trying Fool something. Fool for love. Yeah. You know, but then I, three women and images. Kansas and City. I get Nashville on 4K. I mean, listen, we've all been waiting for Cookie's Fortune on 4K. Cookie's Fortune is good. Cookie's, Cookie's Fortune is fine. Cookie's yeah. Fortune is fine. It's got a great title. God, what a good movie. Uh, in any event. More on that another time, and uh, happy uh, happy letterboxed porning to all. <laughs> Nobody, go, if anyone, if if anyone on your timeline goes crazy the day that that happens, uh, maybe have a talk with them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Outside. Have fun. We'll talk next week. Thanks for doing this. Bye, y'all. Bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and to visit awardsradar.com for the best in awards and entertainment content.